let's crack open a beer and share some thoughts. Welcome to Opinions, and I don't know about you, mate, but I am only just nearly over Endgame. I'm not over it. I'm so not over it, I'm going back to see it again. Well, I, I'm, go- I'm going to see it again. I, I'm over the experience of seeing it. But... Well, I mean, let's face it, we, we both went to see it with our respective partners and uh, your children. Yes. Uh, my, my son had a surprise trip away, so I'm going to go and see it with him this coming weekend. And then we went our separate ways at the end of it, and I think we ended up doing exactly the same thing. Uh, yeah, I spent the evening watching videos on YouTube. That's what I did, uh, and drank a few beers, <laughs> yes. because I couldn't focus on anything else I, whatsoever. I, I needed the beer, um, but that's as much as we're going to say. Yeah, you know, that's it. We are definitely in that, we're not spoiling um, it for anybody that's not seen it yet. Uh, we will, be assured, be giving you our take on it in about a year's time. Exactly. On opinions on films. Which is, is roughly the anniversary of when we do Avengers yes. stuff. Yes, indeed. So we will come back and revisit that. But let's um, let's do what we're here to do, which is to to talk about and enjoy some beers. Um, first beer of this evening is a homebrew. A homebrew. Now, if correct me if I'm wrong, I don't think we've done homebrew on opinions, have we, Steve? We've we've never done a homebrew on 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 this version of the show. No, we used to do the homebrew specials on the beer o'clock show, but this is the first time. That we've taken uh, a homebrew, we've been offered. Well, it's the first time we've been offered a homebrew from one of our listeners, and not just any old listener. No. So this is from uh, Sean at Uncrulier, uh, who is uh, chief number cruncher, um, Very much and, so. and also uh, seems to be our official biographer now, as he's going back over <laughs> old episodes of the Beer O'Clock Show, and he's documenting the, uh, the the rise and the fall of the number one fan. Yes, he's been, I think he's been quite enjoying this, hasn't he? This I journey. think so. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I met up with him um, about a month ago when I went to Southwall, because that's his neck of the woods. And uh, we, we met up in the Swan, which is the sort of unofficial or official tap room, but not one, the one which is part of the brewery tour. And uh, this is when he handed over the stash. And so the first one we got is a dark ruby mild uh, at 5.8%, which, if I remember correctly, is a take on the Sarah Hughes mild, which I believe is quite a traditional mild. I think so, yeah. But... For me, it's actually quite a strong mild. I'm always quite yeah, used to the I older mean, mild. I'm always quite I, used to I the stronger milds. Milds were more around the three, three yeah. and a half. I mean, I know, but I think they were bigger years Mark, ago. Yeah, but then they they sort of came down. I think like the Oscar Wilde mild, which is a local one to us. That's that's definitely on the four, isn't it? Yes. Yeah. So, um, well, it looks nice. It's got it's it's a nice what, carbonation. First out, it's got a fantastic colour to to it. It's uh, got a lovely brown colour. I mean, you can see, you can see through it. But the, the thing that stands out for me is that head. It's lovely. It's really tight bubbles, um, off-white, yeah. slightly creamy colour. But it's but it's holding yeah. as, as well. It's holding really tight. Oh, it's, got, it's a good nose on it as well. I mean, that... You know, that's you know often that, with the mild, mild you'll nose. start to get those um, some of those dark notes. I'm not getting that. This is more yeah. like a boiled sweet almost. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there is a... There's the slightest hint of... Maybe a little bit of roasted notes in the background. Maybe a little bit of earthiness in there. Let's um, stop procrastinating over this and, and, and give it a try. Cheers. Licorice. There's definitely a licorice. licorice. Almost, maybe not quite aniseed, but do you know what I mean? No, I'm, I'm getting there's, there's a hint of aniseed yeah. in there. Um, 
a little bit of hint, like a little bit of nuttiness going on in yeah. there. Um, carbonation is excellent. It's, it's perfect. And again, I mean, nice it's almost lacing. lacing in the glass there, isn't yeah. it? Um, One for the uh, men behaving badly, boys. There, know how much they love a bit of lacing. Yeah, hashtag lacing. I mean, I, I, like I said, for me, I don't believe I've ever had the Sarah Hughes mild. If that's what it is based on, and apologies, Sean, for not paying perhaps as much attention as I should have done while we were having just a, a cracking Saturday afternoon in yeah. Southport. Um, but you know what? If um, if I if if milds had existed like this when I first started drinking beer, I might have fell in love with them. I, a bit I more. might have fell in love a bit more. I mean, I'm assuming that the date on the bottle is the bottling date. I think that's so the bottling date. It's what just over a, a month in the bottle now. This yeah, month, month and a half, six weeks. Yeah. I would say um, that's really tasty. It's really tasty. I tell you what, it's hiding its ABV. Yeah, it doesn't drink like I thought. I would just it's almost like a um, best bitter strength. Mm. It's not normally a style I go for. No. It's it's not it's not one that I race to drink when I see it. I think on. I've definitely had occasional ones which I've gone, oh, that's all right. Well, the one you mentioned earlier, the Oscar Wilde, I've, yeah. I've, I've quite enjoyed that when I've seen, yeah. when I've, I've seen that's, it. Yeah, because that's Malden, isn't it? Yeah. And that's like, that is fairly local to us, yeah. and it does pop up. I'm sure we will see it in the, in the next month or so. It does, um, it's a frequent in a couple of pubs in Whitton, frequently have they it. They have it in the White Hart, don't they? Yeah. Yeah. No, uh, well, Sean, um, I, know you, I know you may have been a... A, a, a tad nervous about what we may may or may not have thought thoroughly enjoying that opening bottle really, really enjoying that yeah really, really enjoying that well done Sean and, and, yeah. and thanks for um, thanks for letting us try it as well thanks for giving us the opportunity to try it so while we um, enjoy our way through uh, the dark ruby mild that Sean sent us um, let's have a have a chat about what we've been up to because it's been um, almost a month since we actually did a studio show because in, in in the middle of this month we've kind of had a bit of a break we did a opinions on films and then we had a couple of weeks off for Easter didn't we yeah so um, I'm, I'm sure we've both got some I know you you've certainly got some adventures got a few. To, to, to talk about I might just um, can you pass me another beer and I'll just <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll just sit back S- for a bit sip away uh, yeah um Right, well, obviously, uh, straight almost straight away after the last show, we, uh, we had bottle share. Yes, night after. Night after. So, you know, what would you do the night after doing the show? You go to bottle share and drink loads more beer. And it was a big bottle It was share. a big bottle share. There were 16 people there. Yeah. So we had a couple of people who are, at the time, were, well, they joined us essentially as research. Yeah, yeah, so some new bottle shares launching yeah. in, in Essex. So, I can't remember his name. Who's the guy who does Craftworks in South uh, End? Steve. Steve. He came along, so, uh, you know, and that isn't actually that far from where I, I currently live. Um, so, he launched his first one, and a couple of the uh, couple of our friends from the Essex bottle share went down there as well, said, that, said they had a good time. And... Rich from the Vic, um, I think they've had their first one now as well. They've, they've had their first one as well. They said again went went really well, good crowd, and I think they've they've now booked their second one in as as well. Which is brilliant. Um, you know, if we've if we've helped anyone start off their own little communities, all well and good, I say. Yeah, without um, a doubt. But definitely, definitely, definitely was a big big night. It, it was a huge night. I will say here in it now the the highlight for me was the beer that Rich from the Vic brought along. Which was the founders fruit beer, the oh, yeah. Lushing Monk 2015. Um, that was just a fantastic fruity, oh, sweet, sour, tart. Still bags of flavour for a beer which four years old though. Yeah, I mean, I I, I really enjoyed that as, as well. But 
the maybe my highlight differs slightly from yours mine was um ironically enough a beer that the other person from a bottle share bought along with, mm. with, with them so the, one of the beers that steve from craftworks bought along with him which was the um a half acre beer because we're, we're both on a bit of a yeah. half, half acre loving at the moment but this was an impy brown and it was it was called orin uh, and i absolutely loved it it was absolutely stunning um, oh, we didn't all get to try that did it because he brought a mixture of beers yeah, rather than a big, big people had to, had to choose yeah. what they wanted and I, I went for that and yeah for me that was an absolute standout at the, at the last bottle show yeah I mean it was but I mean, it was a very good night it was you know a bit noisy and Terry did Terry join us that evening as well Terry was with us yeah we, we did have a pr- there was only a couple of regulars missing to be honest yeah well I, I think yeah possibly two people yeah. missing so really good it's alive well and kicking and um hopefully the ones at craftworks and the queen queen vic queen vic i said gone into eastenders there well, where are you are you albert square <laughs> yeah <what laughs> by the sounds of it because i haven't been to the vic for ages isn't it um hopefully their box shares will continue to grow and be successful as ours. yeah yeah without that and, and you know I'd, I'd certainly like to in the future at least try and get to the one at the vic well you got to think is a bit yeah, easier i mean me. and i Likewise, Craftworks is easier yeah. for me in South End now, just because the, the the transport, isn't it? Yes. So, yeah. but that was again, you know, that is a bit of a highlight for us anyway, because even if the beers aren't great, it's still a good night. It's it's a great night getting together with people, just chatting, yeah. just you know, having having a beer, seeing what the Owl House have got on, and, and and generally, yeah, it's just one of those, it's one of those little community things that you, you know you can't help but enjoy. Yeah, I mean, as it happens, I have noted two of the beers they did have on, but had Prius at Boxshare was Oakham Citra. And Siren, Broken Dream, both on cask. Happy days. I mean, you can't go too far wrong with those. No. Especially, no. especially with that Broken Dream on cask. Yeah. Such a fantastic beer on cask, that is. Yeah. Um, so more than happy with that. Um, then we did opinions on film. We did. Uh, that was a rather uh, that was enjoyable a, Saturday afternoon. Yeah, we, well, did we start recording about half one in the afternoon yeah. and just dived in on a whole load of beers, which are about 6% and above. Yeah, uh, we kept adding to that lineup as well, didn't we? Because we had our lineup and then we had the beers from the Simply Hops competition as yeah, well because that we it, then included because it had a good name as well Cosmic Collision yeah it just all kind of worked yeah um, there was some, but it was good I mean I think probably Heart and Soul from Vacation was the lowest ABV beer we had yeah and that was con- by, by some considerable way uh, yeah because we were still we're still working our way through the uh, the, the advent calendar that Brewdog kindly sent yeah so I think did we have two of their ones yeah we had two from that Declassified um, Demigod and the paradox paradox uncle, uncle Juice. Juice, yeah yeah so uh, but we've had some feedback about that show and we'll, we'll, we'll come yeah. on to that late, later but, uh, on in the show again that was a that was a very pleasant it was it was a great afternoon yeah um i came back and carried on drinking bizarrely which was gee, i really didn't need to i uh i went to bed you went to bed yeah um it was that was a great <clears throat> that was a great uh recording and I, I thoroughly enjoyed talking all over infinity war yeah that was good <laughs> that was good fun in, in in preparation for what we saw at the weekend um, the same weekend, I then went off to the Netherlands with work. Okay. So I flew so out. actual real work. Real work, yeah. Yeah. As opposed to this work. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so I went to um, the ne- to Netherlands to a place called Sassenheim, which is just outside Amsterdam, outside Schiphol. And um, it was a nice, nice, quite a nice Sunday afternoon, actually, over there. It was about 20 degrees when I arrived in the afternoon. So as soon as I got to the hotel, I hired a bike for 10 euros. And uh, because it is so easy to cycle around... I went to a couple of places. So I went out to a little place called Leiden, which I'd been to before, but I'd got the train there this time. But would you believe it? I turned up and there was engineering works. 
<laughs> there was a fucking road replacement bus service when I turned up in the Netherlands. Brilliant. So typical for me. And um, so I went out on the bike. So that was a perfectly nice evening. Got a few beer calories in, in the bank. Uh, went to this little bar, which no, it does brew their own stuff, but I went for a f- few different beers while I was there. Nothing too stand out, but it was just one of those evenings, really nice, sat outside, had burger and chips and a couple of beers. Cycled back, but went by a place I'd found in May last year when I was out there with work um, in the Vorhort, and um, the landlady remembered me when I came in. Oh, brilliant. And I hadn't been there since May last year. Yeah. And that was the only time I'd been there as well. Um, it could have been because I was sitting outside in the same place or she'd seen the bike again. Uh, but she did remember and she said, oh, you're on the bike again this time? I said, yes, of course. And uh, proceeded to have a couple of beers there. So I thought that was, that was quite a, li- a nice little touch when you're when you're remembered by the the landlord or landlady of a... A year on. A year yeah. on. And uh, again, had a nice couple of beers there. And the bar in Sassenheim at the hotel, they always have a, um, a good range of uh, doubles and triples. Um, not necessarily sensible when you're there for work. But always nice as a nightcap. Yeah. As an easy, slow drinker. Yeah, but I, on the Tuesday, wasn't drinking slowly because Liverpool were on TV. Okay. So, so I, was, was, I, was, I was sessioning my beers. Yeah. <laughs> but they weren't session strength beers. But that, that was good. That was good. So there's a few from me. Is there anything from you? Before um, I go and dive into this part two? <laughs> Uh, just yeah, I mean, over Easter was quite a, a beery time um, for for me. So um, obviously I had a week off um, with, with with the kids, um, but then sort of kind of found myself having a having a week with without any children um, around, which, which was quite nice because it it kind of gave us a little bit of freedom to just. Head into head into town and and had have a couple of beers. So, so when when you say town, you're talking about my old neck of the woods now, aren't you? You're talking about Colchester. Yeah, basically, uh, and found ourselves on a random Tuesday night deciding we were going to go out in into Colchester. Brilliant for for a few beers. So uh, as you do, started off at the Vic, uh, walked in, and they had uh, Marbles Pint on, which I was absolutely thrilled to see, as as you can imagine. Uh, Took a little look behind the bar, as, as, as you do at the Vic. No sparkler. I'm like, nah, pint, pint needs a sparkler. So Rich was on, and, and, and I said to Rich, um, I'd like a sparkler with that, please. And he was like, no, I don't think you do. And I was like, no, it's, it's pint. It's, <laughs> marble's pint is served through a sparkler. And I was like, I've had it in the marble arch, and it's served with a sparkler. And he was like, well, he was like, you're the customer. He was like, but I'm going to serve you a little bit with a sparkler, and I'm going to give you a little bit with Al, as, as he as he does. Yep, as, and, as, as discussed on our show previously. Yep, uh, and and this is possibly the the origin of a uh, pint gate, where it started because actually it tasted better without the sparkler. It had a lot more bitterness to it, a lot more held a lot more of the flavour. Now in, I did in, see in a few there. a few comments after. After this, uh, yeah. on, on Twitter, Marble weren't happy. No, Marble, Marble <laughs> came back pretty quickly, if I remember correctly. Yeah, that they weren't happy that it was being served without the sparkler. <laughs> Even, but that, see, I find that quite strange. Now, obviously, you're right. I mean, we we we've had it up in Marble Arch. Where I think we had it that day. I think we had the bitter and the pint, didn't we? Yeah, the Manchester bitter and pint. And but you weren't saying it tasted bad. You still said you enjoyed it. I, I enjoyed it. Yeah, but 
there was there was more flavour without the sparkler. There was more there was more of the flavour. There was more of the bitterness in there. And it's I mean we've done a whole show on this. Yes. Um, but it's it's interesting how that little device can actually make such a difference. Well, I did um, you know one of without preempting some of the stuff I did it, but I had a bit some beers recently in Huddersfield as well, and um, they were served through not a sparkler but a creamer. Okay, and they were very bitter and and not so much flavour. Yeah. Definitely, definitely seems to change the beer as as discussed before, um, but I am still surprised that you preferred. So am I, and and you know what, I enjoyed it as, yeah. as well. I enjoyed my pint. Of I it. mean, it looked good. Yeah, yeah it tasted good. I it, mean, it did look it, good. It, it tasted really good. Um, and then after that, they had on uh, a, a, a porter from Stockport Brewing Co. Who I've got to admit, I, I, I don't think I've ever seen any of their beers before and I've ever tried them before. Um, I'm just showing the picture of it now, which again for our audio listeners is perfect. Um, it was basically a straight up porter, as, as black as night, perfect off-white head. Um, and just 4.8%. 4.8%. I could have drunk that all day long. Bit of coffee, bit, of so coffee, bit of roasted notes. Coffee, roasted, like it says on the pump clip there, Dark coffee licorice. Yes, tick, tick, tick. It, it was everything. Really, really tasty. Really tasty pint. Um, and then I had, they had one from Neon Raptor on, which was a Jaffa Cake Milk Stout, um, which definitely ticked all of the boxes, but had a little bit of an artificial flavour to it. I don't know whether that's because of the the Jaffa Cake flavour <laughs> that they tried to get into it. I think I've had a few orange, and obviously, you know, there is the release of an orange beer round about now anyway. Yeah. Orange inspired beer. Um, but I do find sometimes with the orange infused or inspired beers that sometimes it can veer towards that slightly artificial, maybe almost medicinal mm. version of orange. And once you get that flavour, it's hard to shake it. Yes, yeah. I think it then becomes quite powerful and overriding myself. Yeah. So I think they report, there's definitely a skill in making it still taste like real orange. Yeah, only only had a half of that. Uh, and then we left the Vic and we walked up into um, in, into Colchester, went to Three Wise Monkeys, which is a bit of a... Um, it's a bit of a... It's... I believe it's actually owned by Green King. I think they fronted up some of the money for, for the it. Green uh, King are uh, definitely involved uh, alongside somewhere. Alongside the... The, the, the company well they've definitely got the they always have the East Coast IPA yeah, there. yeah. Um, but they had on um, five points Brickfield Brown oh yeah don't see on, that very often on cask oh and I had a pint of that to finish my evening yeah. so I'm a, a cask finisher almost unheard of for me but just tasting absolutely perfect that, that, I that don't think I've ever I, def, I definitely haven't had that on cask before no but really 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 tasty so, so yeah that was a that was a random Tuesday night out in Colchester worst ways to spend a Tuesday night uh, and we then followed that up on Good Friday by going out on a bit of a pub crawl around Colchester yeah we were quite excited about this weren't you <laughs> as well yeah uh, weather was beautiful well perfect whole, whole Easter weekend wasn't it perfect pub crawl weather um, went up to the Hospital Arms which is the Adams pub which I thought would close down but apparently not. It's open. Looks like it's been refurbished. Full range of Adams beers. Um, the new cider on, on keg yep. as, as well. Uh, which And I obviously went for a pint of ghost ship. Well on, done. On, on cask. 
sat in their little yard of a garden in, in the sun, in, enjoying that. It could be a bit of a sun track, that little back garden. You could sit out. We, we had to go in, in the yeah. end, because it was too hot. Because it's bouncing off there. the walls and stuff. They yeah. painted some of the walls as well. Yeah, yeah, they're all kind of beach yeah. scenes. So it does reflect a little bit as yeah. well. Yeah, so that's where we started then, and kind of took a slow meander back through town. We stopped off at uh, Two Brew, uh, the bottle shop in, in, in Colchester, and had quite a few beers in there. Actually, I I could have, I would have quite happily stayed in Tuba all afternoon because I quite like being able to drink in a bottle shop yeah. where you've got so much selection around you. And just go, oh, I'll have that next. Yeah, you can never really go wrong no. with, 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 with your choice. Uh, had a few absolute stunners in there and, and, and one beer, which is um, a, possibly an early contender for beer of the year Ooh. for me, which was uh, a Brew by Numbers collaboration with Hobson's Brewery. Um, the Citroen Mosaic IPA, which I I had it on on that afternoon, thoroughly loved it so much so that I went back the following morning and bought a couple more cans to take to the beach with us and picked you up a couple as well because yeah. you would obviously see me waxing lyrical about it and was like, I'm gonna have to. I'll, I'll get in on that. I have to I have to try some of that. Um, so yeah, uh, a good a good few beers in Tubu. Um, we then wandered around to Church Street Tavern, which I, I, I know we popped into before when we had a bit of a pub crawl. Yep. Um, Emma was quite keen to go in there. Um, not the greatest of beer select beer selections, but I ended up having a Paul Anna, and, and again we sat in the sun, and it's nothing better than a nice cold lager in a in a, in a big sturdy stein yeah and it's, it's i mean to be honest it's it's not trying to appeal to the the beer geek crowd but for that kind of place i think five years ago they probably still would have had even paulana available no but it was nice to see that and, yeah and that was like i say on a hot day it's worse worse sometimes beers, you need a cold lager. Worse beers. i mean beer merchants have paulana on i think yeah. it's one of the as a regular lager so I, i've i've been there's definitely worse lagers you could have ended up oh, with. absolutely uh yeah and then as, as you do back down to the Vic back down to the Vic where, <laughs> where, where we finished and I, I, th- I think to be fair by the time we got to the Vic we were feeling a little bit beery weary sort of thing maybe I wouldn't wouldn't say we were we, we were drunk or tipsy or anything like that it had just been quite a long day long of, day in the sun there's a lot of hills in Colchester as well so yeah. a lot of walking around in the sun and I think we literally I think we stayed for a pint of, of, of something and then we decided we were hungry and we intended to go out and get something to eat and bring it back into the Vic but then we the, our bus came along and we got the bus home instead yeah. sort, sort of thing and you know finished the evening so, so yeah had a good um it had a good few days out in Colchester. Yeah, right? well, I mean, nothing wrong with that. Because I'm, I'm pleased you got to the Hospital Arms because I think it is quite a nice little pub. It is. It's a lovely little pub. It yeah. is just on the edge of the town centre, so it's easily bypassed as well. But in, interestingly, because the day we were in there, obviously Good Friday, uh, Colchester were playing at home. There were quite a few Colchester United fans in there that obviously use it as possibly a first stop. Yeah. On the way to the ground. Yeah, quite quite possibly because the you know the bus the bus there's a bus stop almost just before it or just after it if I remember correctly and then you can easily do a similar walk to you did and then get the bus to the stadium which they do the shuttle bus right. at the bottom of the hill yeah. number the brickies is yeah yeah and you get a shuttle bus from just up there oh okay I did try the um, the Hobson's and uh, Brew Bynum's beer um, I've I think I've, I've written down here not quite as good in the can as on tap so I've had it on tap oh okay I think it may be in a bottle share pre-bottle share beer at some point Again, it must have been one that I missed because um, I, I probably would have gone for that if I had and, um, seen it. On. But I know what you're saying. It's um, well, really well balanced and 
you could smash a couple. Yeah. Well, easy. I think I think for me it was it was coming off of the back of uh, a few pints of cask that that we had started on, and then I was in a bottle shop, and then all of a sudden I had a cold fizzy can from the <laughs> from the fridge, and it was just like oh. My word, and then no, then it, was, it, was, it was it was it was good. Yeah. I'm, we've got another one in there, so me and Michelle shared one yesterday. Um, while you were uh, drinking it up, I was on a six-hour drive <laughs> on Good Friday. Um, Sounds delightful. Yes. Uh, so Michelle and myself took ourselves away for the Easter weekend, as you got the four days, and decided to join plenty of other people on the roads going uh, going up north. As it turned out that day, you know, I think it is supposed to be one of the busiest days for traffic. Yeah, and not yeah. helped by the fact that um, so many train stations and railways and engineering works, etc. Basically closed down. Yeah. It seems as though the rail network closes down for Easter. Yeah, um, they get there four days often, don't they? Yeah. Um, so we went to Scarborough, and essentially the reason for going to Scarborough was because Rob at Hopzine um, let uh, me know by Twitter that North Riding, who who were my brewery of the year last year or new brewery of the year last year. Um, although they are in no shape or form a new brewery, just a new brewery to me, um, that they have their own brew pub in okay. Scarborough, and they have they do B and B. So I booked this up, I think January or February time, maybe even earlier, and um, we went up there for that and had a thoroughly good time. Loved the having the North Riding beers on cask because I haven't experienced that before, and they were in um, obviously in their own pub, but also another one of the pubs in Scarborough. Um, nice pub, accommodation was good, £60 a night for two people, including breakfast, fry the next day. is it? No, um, just park over the road, that worked out well, and, you know, nice and close to, I think it's the North Bay part of the beach, of the coastline, which is the quieter end. So, it's almost got two, two bits, so the North Bay is more the quieter, genteel side, and then you go to the South Bay, and that's where you have the fair, the arcades, all yeah. the shops, everything. Fine, because, I mean, it was, again, because it was glorious weather. You're walking around there. It was lovely. Um, we also went to um, a pub called the Leeds Arms in uh, Scarborough. And this was on the recommendation of Ed Razzle of Adams and a friend of the show and uh, one of the Bottle Share originals as well. And um, I had some uh, Landlord in there. Of course you Of did. course I did. Yeah. yeah. And <laughs> I had, I'd already had Landlord earlier that day as well. Obviously, so, yeah. Uh, and they were both Sparks reports. There were both sparkler pours, which is how landlord should be delivered. In my definitely, in my opinion, it needs the sparkler pour, to, especially to get that tight head on it. Um, but not only that, we also went to Huddersfield because we're up in the, up in Yorkshire. But Yorkshire's a big county; it's massive, isn't it? Yeah. Um, and also, you know, the way to get there was to to get the Trans Pennine Express. Um, not sure the express word is the right word, but it still it was an enjoyable journey because um, as it happened. Stuart, it's a, the brew pub is run by Stuart and Karen, and Stuart is the owner, brewer of North Riding. He was on his way to um, Hop City. So we got the train with him because he was going to get off at Leeds. Mm-hmm. He met a mate of his, then another couple of his mates got on at um, York, and then he decided to break out a couple of tinnies, which was the Northern Monks 2019 Death and Glory. So, so just just a couple of small beers then. So between split between six of us, but basically we had I, I, we had a black and tan on the train at about eleven o'clock with an ABV of what eleven or twelve percent? About eleven. Yeah. I think one's about twelve and one's about ten. Yeah, um, it was actually really tasty. I have to admit because I've had these beers before, but I've never blended them. Yeah. Um, but that's that's potentially a future a future discussion. 
Um, but that was good fun. And while we are in Huddersfield, we met up with Mark. So, uh, you know, who I believe we may be speaking to later this year. Hopefully, we've got Mark coming on the show in a few weeks, yeah. yeah. So, yeah, to, so to Mark Johnson, with us. Um, he was he was in Huddersfield because they were playing at home as well. So he took us to a few pubs. Uh, one of them I've referenced earlier when I was talking about the Mallinson's Beer. Um, that was the Corner Pub, which was a little bit of a pig to find. It is literally tucked away. Uh, Google Maps kept on effectively telling me I was there. <laughs> okay. No, I'm not. I'm not there. <laughs> it's a doorway, and then it's lovely, lovely space upstairs. And then we went to a pub, which has been on my wish list. We went to the Grove. Wonderful pub. Fantastic lineup of beers. Um, massive amount of cask regularly. Um, I had to stop myself from just going to the Citra, <laughs> the Oakham, Oakham Citra and Oakham Green Devil on cask, and said no. And I had a, a, so I had a pint of a, a pint of beer from Marble, um, about four and a half percent. And then I said to Mark, "You can choose," because he always does. This is part of his pre-match ritual. He does some thirds. I said, "I'll let you choose." So we had some hype juice. We had some hype juice beers. We had, a, I think, we had a might have had a sour in there as well. But the pub was just a wonderful space, and I could quite happy. I could have been in there all afternoon. You know, like you said when you were in yeah. by numbers. Partly because of the choice. Partly because. I think I'm just falling more and more in love with pubs again. I'm going to say again, I'm never really falling out of love with them, but I went through a phase where you have to find a tap room, you have to find the new places, but it was just a nice pub, a little bit eclectic in the range of people, a little bit eclectic in the decor, but just had a lovely feel about it as well. Um, But we did leave, and uh, because we're in Huddersfield, we went to the Magic Rock Tap. Had a couple of hours there, some nice beers, got some takeaways, obviously. Wonderful mac and cheese while we're up there as well. That was really good. One yeah. of their street food yeah. vendors. Um, only disappointing thing was they had no dark beers on tap. Oh, really? Yeah, either on car score or on draft. I was really looking forward to either having like a you know common grounds or dark arts. Yeah. Because you know sometimes when you, it's a hot day and you've had a few beers, you just need maybe one of those more chilled porters or stouts. That would have been perfect, especially after having the mac and cheese. They had it in the cans, but I, want, I took the cans away. Do, do you think... Do you think part of that was maybe because it was a it was a football day and they were catering for potentially some of the football crowd and maybe knowing that possibly maybe I mean, knowing their clientele yeah because we knowing that they wouldn't get through dark beers on a football day possibly we we deliberately went there while the football was on yeah so we went there about quarter to three till about half past four so we exited we arrived after people went to the ground and before they left the ground and effectively we got out of Huddersfield by five just because we thought. It's going to be quite busy. Yeah, yeah. And it's an hour and three quarters on the train back to Scarborough. So, and then on the Sunday, we just did a few more wandering. We did a nice little walk around Scarborough. And then um, I was basically sessioning one of their beers called Mini Enigma, the North Riding beer, in the pub while I watched Liverpool because they have Sky as well. So I was all the happy, to be honest. You was, you was, you was in your happy place. I was in my yeah. happy place. You know, I was, I was talking to people about the football. I was talking to a few people about the beer and Liverpool winning. And I was drinking sessionable, tasty beer at the same time. I was happy. It was a good weekend. It was, it was actually a really lovely weekend. Stuart and Karen made us feel really welcome. Stuart took us down to the brewery on the Sunday morning for a little wander around. Lovely space he's got there. He could easily expand if he wants to. Currently, he doesn't. He enjoys. He does all the. They do the bottling by hand. Put the labels on by hand. Um, they they churn out enough stuff that they want to do. They do a little bit of brewing in the pub as well. So they have the brewery beers and the brew pub beers, and they have both of them on. And also, winery in Scarborough, what else do you do? Oh, they have kernel on tap as well. <laughs> so I had some kernel. 
Brilliant. Brilliant. Friday night there was some football on as well. And I, I was having a pint of Colonel watching football. Now that's not often someone can say that. Absolutely not, no. So no, it was lovely up there. It's just, from where we are in the country, it's just a drive because to get even to get past Peterborough on like the, uh, the A1M took quite a while. Then you start to lose a bit of traffic, but then you start to lose lanes. Yeah. And then closer you get to, in the, into Yorkshire, unlike Leeds and say York, where the main arteries still go towards the centre, you start to have to start going on to single lane traffic going to Scarborough, but there's a, a lot less roads going in. But it was well worth the visit, and I'm really glad I went. And I've got no doubt we will probably go back at some point in the future. Sounds amazing. Yeah, sounds like really good. Weekend. Really good. Um, well, we had a, we opened the second bottle of this dark Ruben Mar. We've well, almost finished that. We, we did. I mean, we're, we're we're clearly loving this. It's um it's so drinkable. It yeah, really I am um, really really loving that. I've only got one more uh, beer adventure. What about yourself, Steve? I've I've just got uh, one one beer to mention really, which was um, one that I had this this past weekend. Uh, which was one of the beers that we picked up when we were in Dublin back in November. So the Galway Bay Diving Bell. Oh, you had that. Which was a, a barrel-aged wee heavy, um, I, I believe. It had been barrel-aged in Nicaraguan Ooh, rum. Spe- speaking parts. of wee heavy, do you reckon that's got a little bit of wee heavy I influence? it has got a little bit in, in there. Now you yeah. said that, Yeah, I reckon this dark ruby mild has got just a little hint of that. Very much so. Um, but yeah, no, I decided to, um, as, as part of my, it was actually a Saturday night as part of my getting over <laughs> endgame beers, I, I decided to, to crack that open. And I've got to say, it was absolutely stunning. Um, bearing in mind, we picked it up in November. I believe, according to the label, it was bottled back on... Valentine's Day in two, 2018, so, so... So we're a year and a bit already. Yeah. Um, personally, I it may get better over time, but it tasted absolutely stunning on, on, on Saturday. It was just really sweet, really tasty, but just so well balanced, like almost like rum and raisin biscuit. It was, it was just absolutely stunning. Oh, God. Yeah, so we bought ours at the same time. Yeah, we were yeah. from the same shop. Actually, yeah. it actually cost too much either in that shop. No, no, we got a right deal. In, I was in quite there. pleased with that. We picked that and the barley wine up. That, that, yeah, that we picked, there was two bottles we picked yeah. up because um, there was only so much we could fit in the cases to go back anyway, yeah. but that, yeah. that was well worth I mean, I'm still enjoying the um, the half acre beers I've been having recently. I think I've now finished off my stock. I had that smoking gull at the weekend. Oh, yeah, that's pretty good as that well. That was pretty good it? as well. Yeah. Um, just everything I want out of an American pale ale. Yeah. What was it, about 5.2%? Lovely. That's really, really tasty. Well, that, that was my first post-end game bit. Oh, I bet that went down it, a tree. It didn't last long. No, I bet it didn't. Oh, I think it was possibly gone in about four big gulps. Yeah, I, would, I, I knew that it was going to be shared, so um, I had to wait till the, the next day to do mine. So I was generally having beers I've had before. Yeah. But, um, a lot of Jaipur then. I had some Jaipur. <laughs> Shocker. Uh, but yeah, that was. I, I'm just really loving their beers. I mean, at the moment, my 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 breweries from last year are fairly much holding up this year with North Riding and with um, Half Acre. Yeah, I mean, it, it'd be nice to see Half Acre a bit more regularly, wouldn't it? Rather than two or three times a year. Yeah. But I don't. Uh, you know, maybe we should just be grateful we're getting it two or three times a year. As fresh as we're getting it as yeah. well. So not are we only getting hold of it. It's coming. In, we are getting a hold of it pretty fresh. I think. Yeah. Well. So that's pretty good. Uh, but my last beer adventure, so you, everyone will be pleased to hear that. Um, I went to the Tate Modern again uh, last Thursday. Okay, so this is for another of their... For their last Thursday takeovers, yeah. tap takeovers. 
Um, this wasn't by a one brewery. This was by a selection of brewers, actually, but it was in um, commemoration of Anzac Day. Okay. So I took our very own Anzac, or our Kiwi, our creative director, Clayton. Did, did you have to take one with you to be allowed yeah, to I think, get Yeah, I think that was the rule, to be honest. Okay. I think that was the rule. Um, on the way there, we actually saw um, Todd from the New Zealand Beer Collective and his brother, and his brother was actually doing the DJing that night as well. Excellent. And played some really good tunes, um, but also some uh, a really nice level for where you are at that terrace bar in the Tate. Yeah. Really nice level. Um, now, it wasn't as busy because there wasn't, um, it wasn't a one brewery. They weren't doing a press release. There weren't anything too fancy about it. But the setup was the same. You you know, it's uh, the third, they were doing the thirds, so you could buy your ticket in advance and every six thirds. And they had the same food offerings. So yeah, we I you know we had a beer from Eight Wired, Young Henry's, Nomad Brewing, Funk State, Yeasty Boys, and Stone and Wood, and um, they were all pretty good. There was a couple of standouts. Uh, there was one which was a like a it was a, a sweet milk stout. So, but it was very much like a, a dessert in a glass. To be honest, um, that was really nice. That was the Afrogato from Funk State, um, which I probably said. Afrogato wrong, but that wouldn't be a, a shocker, would it? So it's not the first time. It's, much, it's not going to be the last. Pretty much, it? pretty much the modus operandi for the show, to be <laughs> honest. Um, so that was that was really quite 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 tasty and a nice atmosphere. And we got, um, managed to grab a bit of a chat again with with Andrew, who's the uh, curator for the uh, for all the Tate sites. Yep. For the for the food and drink, so a nice little chat with him as well. So that was that was the last beer adventure. That brings us right up to date. But. You- We've, we've got some content with Andrew that we'll be putting yes. on our next show Yes, so as, you will, as, as well. You guys will get to hear from Andrew yeah. as well. And he's a, he's a really good speaker and very passionate about what yeah. he does. But but more about that later on. Yes. Because we'll, we'll be talking about this in the next show. And that is actually quite a nice segue into the first news item as well. It is, is it? It absolutely is, yeah. Um, because the Tate have announced that they've teamed up with Siren... Bruco, uh, as part of uh, an exhibition that they're doing uh, as part of Van Gogh exhibition. So um, this spring um, they've got Siren to create a limited edition milkshake IPA in celebration of the highly anticipated the EY exhibition Van Gogh and Britain. Uh, Tate team brought their knowledge and worked closely with Siren to brew a beer that would deepen the visitor experience and provide a more immersive gallery experience. Um, so Andrew Downs, who, as you say, is the operations director at the Tate, uh, says beer can be done in a thousand ways. There's so much room for creativity. Tate is about giving a platform to creative people, and this is just another way of doing that. So a thousand things IPA was particularly inspired by the famous painting Starry Night, which I think everyone must have seen. Well, the, definitely the, I have. It was used in Doctor Who. The, the Starry Night. Um, picture um and it can be found in both tate modern and tate britain's bars okay um, and i can segue into that as well because i tried it while i was there of course you did so uh as as i did with you and showed you the top floor bar yeah because it's such a great view of the thames uh, me and clayton went up there as well and they did have they found some things ipa on draft um tried a pint of it it was very tropical yeah. very tropical now the description i read also said it had a bit of a uh, coconut Fortunately, I didn't get any of the coconut, so maybe that because it's quite fresh, that sweet tropical, those sweet tropical notes really held it back. Anything I can imagine it being in there because those sweet tropical notes did start to put me in mind of saying like having a Malibu or something. 
Okay. From years ago when I may have gone somewhere near Madwell, I can't stand the... So, so reaching out to a slightly different crowd. Yeah. With that. But it was refreshing. It was tasty. It, it, was, it was good. Um, it wouldn't have been one I could probably have done two pints straight off. So I could have gone pint one, pint two of the same. I may have been able to revisit it later on, yeah. say, for example. Um, so on that, that's obviously now one in, in, in their bars, possibly for the foreseeable future. And, or certainly while the exhibition's running. Um, but they've also announced that they are hosting um, Siren at one of their takeovers on the 25th of July. So that they will, if, if people are interested to try that and probably a whole range of Siren's amazing beers, uh, there will be an opportunity to do so at the Tate in July. That'd be a good one. That would indeed. Right, well, I've cracked open another beer while you've been starting the news. Excellent. So this is the second of uh, Sean's homebrews. So this is the his take on Pale Fire, uh, 4.9%. Now, again, I'm going to say straight off the bat, it looks fantastic. Great carbonation. Looks very light. It's what, two-finger head? Yep, clear um, as a day. Yep. Um, I haven't smelt it yet. I mean, I think you've had a bit of a snifter. Yep, it's, um, it's light. There's... Some slight citrus notes. I'd say a bit zesty. Yep. Very much so. Now it's been a while since I've had Pal Fire. It is a while for me. So it's uh, it's quite hard to make a direct comparison. However, we're there to say whether we think it's tasty or not. And I'm going to have to say that's ticking a whole (laughs) load of boxes. I mean, wow. That has got loads of flavour in it yeah but it's all really subtle and it's all really nuanced and quite well, very nicely balanced as yeah. well but there is the, the feel still feels like there's a lot going on but it's not wanting to smack me in the chops saying it there's a nice fizz to it yeah as, as well and a lightly bitter finish yeah we do have a second bottle of this which is going to be a bit colder so it'd be interesting to see what that's like when yeah it's colder. Well, well that's that that's getting cracked open yes I, i've got a lot of news to get through yes and i'm going to make myself very thirsty reading it all out so Thornbridge have um, they released this this blog uh, that was from the uh, basically written by head brewer uh, Rob uh, who we've met a, a few times yeah a couple and, of times and, now. and was on the show with us last summer and this is about a new beer that they've created called, called Heartland did did you see this one no this is completely bypass do you know what but Thornbridge releases often bypass me yeah well this this was interesting um, I, I think because of the the slight buzz that it's created so basically that they've created this beer called Heartland and and they've they've they're referring to it as an English cellar beer um, so basically what they're doing is that they're, they're putting it up against the German Keller beers okay in, in terms of what they're trying to say its style is so um, that there is a full link to, to this blog in the show notes if people want to read all of it but I just want to pick out the main points that, that, that Rob speaks about here so they said recently they were lucky enough to source some Fuggles and Challenger hops directly from Huckins Farm in Kent uh, the quality was so fantastic that they wanted to make some brilliant beer with them um, and they've put a lot of them into a lot of their recent cask releases um, but it got him thinking about um, native brewing ingredients and he was saying, to be honest, he didn't think they were celebrated enough. So what he wanted to do was take a whole load of British ingredients and create a truly British beer from it. So he took uh, the concept of German Keller beer, a timeless classic style of unfiltered lager, which is as close to cast-conditioned real ale as the Germans get, and put a British spin on it to create a new beer, which they've named Heartland. Um, it uses... Um, the, 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 the hops and the yeast that they have 
uh, at Thornbridge to create earthy floral floral aromas using the Fuggles and Challenger and their beautiful British yeast um, and the malts to to, to bring together a, a true celebration of local ingredients added to that the soft water that they're blessed with in the Peak District um, so he goes on to finish to say he likes to think of Heartland as a slightly tongue-in-cheek version of the first example of an English celebi so I think it's only available on cask keg maybe um, but not one that I think we're going to see in bottles or, or, or I cans. I think we'll be hard pressed to find it on tap as well where we are. Yeah, it's a shame because I want to try that. Yeah, but but Fourbridge don't shout about their stuff, do they? Not loudly. No. You know, you hear bits sometimes. You might see the odd picture, and sometimes it will bypass me completely. Even last year when they were doing those residencies, you could almost there was like one hit came out and the picture of the map, weren't it? I think they did the same this year. The picture of the map comes out and that's it. There's no more chat about it. Yeah. They just go about it, don't they? Yeah, so if, if anyone has come across that or does get to try it, please let us know yeah. what, what, what you think of it because I'm intrigued by it. And I'm I'd, definitely I'd, intrigued. I'd, I'd love to hear more about it. Yeah, I mean, I did. I'd love to try it, but if failing that, let's, let's hear some people's opinions about Absolutely, it. Absolutely, yeah. Um, new beers in a supermarket. That, that hasn't happened for, well, since the last time we recorded. It, it, no, no, it hasn't. But this is quite a step up, I, I think, in terms of the particular supermarket and some of the beers that they're now going to be going to be stocking. Oh, so, then we're not talking about Sainsbury's then, are we? We're not talking about Sainsbury's. Uh, Tesco's has been done to death. Yep. Um, the others are just there. Uh, so th- this is Waitrose um, have announced some new beer releases this th- this week, and it's quite a range, and it's kind of headed up, fronted by the new Fullers and Friends pack that, Which, that, that, that's part of it. Fullers and Friends was released exclusively in Waitrose last yeah, year, weren't they? And and I believe it is the same again. Um, so uh, a six but six pack again. Um, so this was announced oh, towards the end of last year that, that they before done before so that did cause a little bit the, wasn't the there one or maybe two of the breweries said they wouldn't have done it if they'd known yeah um, so six beers currently uh, in Waitrose until Tuesday the 11th of June for just £10 for the box of beers it was 12 quid last fan- year wasn't it yeah that, that is its normal price but it's an introductory offer 10 quid 10 quid for six bottles of beer so um, Fullers have teamed up uh, with six breweries and, and these are the beers that are in the box. Um, anyway, so Fullers and Magic Rock, uh, Prized, which is a celebration of mild. It's a traditional recipe from 1920, but with the addition of rum barrel oak chips. That comes in at 4.5%. Fullers and Tiny Rebel, Respect Your Elders, which is uh, an ESB. It's nice that there's another ESB in there again. Um, coming in at 6%. No, bang on bang on the number then. Fullers and Mac. This one's called Croak. I'm sure it's not pronounced like that because it's a Norwegian spelling. <laughs> um, I say Norwegian. You're not sure, are you? I'm, I'm not sure. Okay, that, don't, just carry so, on. So, so basically, Croak is the Norse word. I think that's why I went for Norwegian yeah. because there was an N in, in there. Uh, Norse word for crowberries which are slows that come from the Arctic Circle, and they've been added to this lager. 
So it's it's, okay. it's it's a lager with additions. Then you've got Fuller's and Stone and Wood Way Down Owl, 5.8%, which is all Tasmanian hops um, in there. Then you've got Fuller's and Pilot, Hovey Dug, uh, which is Wee Heavy. And then you've got Fuller's and Woodstock, which is Love on the Run, uh, a 5% Hop Forward IPA. Oh, I like the name of that one, Love on the Run. Yeah. So an interesting selection of beers again. Yeah. I yeah, think, I think we're both going to give them a, a try. Get them a go. We, 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 we gave them a go last year, and I don't think there was actually a bad one in there. No? There was some interesting types in there. I think we both struggled with the PT one. Well, I, I struggled with the PT yeah, one. Was that the one with Hard Knot? Yeah, that was probably the low point for me in that box. Yeah, we well, enjoy everything Anything PT is going to be your challenge struggle me. with that. Yeah. Um, and it, I know what you and Mark are planning for, for we, the show we that he wants we to be uh, on. We haven't got there yet. I, 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 well, we've, 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 got, we've got a comment coming up in Bitter and Lingonis yeah. that might just give it away. Um, but no, I'll definitely try them again. Um, it's in, it's, I have to admit what I've been interested in with the Fullers and Friends have been the interesting mix of breweries, brewers they've done it with. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's, that is quite an interesting mix in it's there. It's an eclectic it? mix. There's some of those brewers I wouldn't get hold of normally. No. And, and I like the styles as well. I, yeah. I, I like the fact that, that there's a mild in there, there's an ESB in there again. And, you, you know, they're not the sort of things that you would generally tend to see. Yeah, no, I'm, you know, and they were well presented last year. The bottles look lovely with the labelling. And they do again this year. Nice box. As, as, as so, well. yeah. I, think, I think for me already, the standout label is the, um, the one with Magic Rock because it just screams Magic Rock. Which is, I, th- I think, we said last year with the Cloudwater one. It was, it was so obviously Cloudwater yeah. forward in the in, in the labelling. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean the Tiny Rebel one as well. It's, it's you know, it's, it's, it's Tiny, Tiny Rebel. Rebel. Yeah, oh, well, no, that's cool. I'm looking forward to that. Yeah. So, so that's heading up the the beers. There is a whole new range of beers. I was going to say, but that's not the only beers going in, no, is it? No, no. So some of the other big names that that, that have gone into White Rose, Lost and Grounded, Keller Pills, and Running Receptors. Both in four forty mil cans. I was going to say it's going to be their cans, isn't it? Yep. Uh, a couple of Northern Monk beers as well. So Eternal, which I think you can already get in Morrison, but also the newly uh, added to their core range Striding Edge, which is the two point eight percent light IPA. Light IPA. Yep. Um, so the Eternal isn't that the one which is in Morrison's, but only in the four packs. Yes. Actually? Yeah. And these are in these are single, single. cans. Yeah. Uh, a whole range of Beavertown beers now, including. The newly lowered ABV Bloody Ale seems oh. to have also gone in. Um, a range of innocent gun beers, which in itself That's interesting. isn't remarkable, but the beers that they've got are also beers that are stocked in Audi, which, which is the interesting part of this for me, because I don't understand why Waitrose would have gone for a beer that's being stocked by their kind of low cost supermarket and yeah I mean I know they're not in direct competition but those prices have got to be different there's a price expectation in one of those shops versus another yeah I I, I wouldn't expect to see the prices in those shops the same no so whether the innocent gun contract with Audi is coming to an end or, or not or whether the product placement that we saw in Endgame is going to have a Massive impact, and Waitrose have seen that coming. That, that they're expecting a whole load of Marvel fans. So that, that means they had a spoiler. Well, that's not really a spoiler, is it? I mean, they had a spoiler. Oh, they, they had a spoiler. They had a spoiler. Yeah, yeah. But what? But so, but it's just an interesting one because Innocent Gun used to be in Sainsbury's, 
And the, that that supermarket has been mentioned many a time in how bad their selection has got. You can still get the Innocent Gun specials in boxes. Yeah, but even those are... They, usually, they do them a few times a year. Yeah. They, they turn up a, a, around big holidays. Or maybe Father's Day and stuff yeah. like that, don't they? Yeah. Um, well, I've enjoyed them still. I think they're still good beers, but... You know, we said about the Sainsbury's range has either stood still or gone backwards while the other supermarkets have been taking, going in leaps and bounds. That is the oddity of those ones you've just yeah. read out. Well, it is because, like I say, when, when you see that they've got the four packs of the Innocent Gun Lager, which are in 440, they may even be 500ml cans. Now, now they've been in Audi for ages. Mm. And, I mean, I very, well, frequently bypass them on my way to the Rhinebacker. Um, well, that's because they only sell Rhinebacker, <laughs> apparently, Steve. Um, but I just, I just found it really strange to see such a range of Innocent Gun being stocked in Waitrose hmm. when they're available in Audi. Interesting. So maybe they're, like you say, maybe they, maybe they are stepping away from the Audi, the Audi one. There's, there's got to be a commercial rationale yeah. for, one, for one or both parties. Yeah. Otherwise, it, it doesn't make any sense. So a the, couple the, of others. The to interesting mention. one there is definitely Lost and Grounded, though. Oh well, Lost and Grounded, and also the bloody L. It wasn't not necessarily a beer. Maybe that's part of their reasoning behind the um, the, the the drop from seven point two to five point five. Yeah, I think bloody is bloody old going to become core. It is. They've announced it's it's become part of their core range. Then yeah, with with the ABV drop, it's no different to what Camden did with their IHL. I, I know, but I, I just I worry for that beer because it was that that was one of these beers that was an annual release. Yeah, and it was an annual release because. Because they could only get those they types of oranges. The ingredients, but now apparently they can get those oranges all year round. No, I've been out bloody hell in a, in a bottle. It was my first. M- mine too. Yeah. My first consumption of it was bottle. Yeah. Well, I mean, until we get the chance to try it, we won't know. I mean, we've everyone who's had it before has got a bit of a reference point. Yes. Yeah. But I don't hear anyone talking about IHL or whatever it's now called from Camden. Show off. Yeah. It? That doesn't really get mentioned these no. days. Whereas IHL used to get quite a few mentions. Yeah, so so the last couple of um, just standouts. Um, so Babyface Assassin from Roosters, a, a beer that I absolutely love on all dispense methods. Now available in cans in Waitrose. Previously only available in Morrison's. Superb. Uh, and then finally a few beers from Barcelona Barcelona Beer Company as well, which I think is quite an interesting one. That is a bit. That's, that's slight, into their slight difference, isn't it? Yeah, kind of international range. So you know that's again a bit of a step up. I mean, the Fullers and Friends will definitely get, but I think for me, it's definitely the, the lost and grounded for the beer geeks, beer community. Yeah. I think that'll be the one they'll be quite excited about. But that's, that. I mean, that's, as far as I know, that's just the tip of the iceberg because Emma was saying that um, apparently there are 19 new lines gone in. And is that in, as well as them still, because they, they were one of the, they were definitely the early adopter for Formbridge, weren't they? Formbridge were yeah. there early on in, as... That was their supermarket. Uh, yeah, single cans of Jaipur and single cans of Green Mountain, which I don't, correct me if I'm wrong, you can't get single cans of Jaipur nope. in, in, in Tesco. Don't think Can so. you? I can think only they come buy in the them in the four pack. That's quite interesting. So Waitrose aren't going for the bulk buying. No, they're going for single cans. They're going for the single which cans. Which may lend itself to some of their stores, which are at stations. Some of their little Waitrose are at stations, aren't yeah. they? So that might be going into some direct competition against M&S there. Well, I mean, some of them don't have both. So, I mean, King's Cross has a little Waitrose, doesn't it? It doesn't yeah. have the M&S. In, uh, yeah, it does. It's round pack. Oh, is it? Yeah. Oh, it's, it's kind of behind uh, behind Pratt. 
Oh, and that site. Fascinating content for our yeah. listeners there. The layout of King's Cross Station. Well, you, you, you were a heavy user of King's Cross Station. <laughs> I, I, I years, was, yeah. In days yeah, gone by, your, your Leeds days. I know it inside out, yeah. yeah. Um, okay, so some other news. Um, there so, was... Sorry, everyone. Beery Adventures and news, and then we'll record opinions next week. Yes, yeah, you can have this in a, in a two-part release. Um, some news come out, and this was uh, tweeted by Boken Bailey. Um, they were saying, no huge surprise to read via financial news service at Merger Market that both Five Points and Truman's are actively courting investors or partners. I went to the link and then found out you had it's to pay. A, it's a paywall, so you couldn't actually find out any more than no. that. But um, not really news at the moment. I thought it was an interesting one just to point out that, uh, and, I, and I think quite a few people commented that um, they weren't surprised to see Five Points name there. In, in terms of them maybe being uh, a brewery that are ready to take that next step, but to be able to take that next step, they need some sort of investment. To, yeah, to, I mean, to do if so. that's what their desire is, then yes, I'd imagine that is them because they've got, it probably lends itself a bit to the upcoming opinions. They've always had a fantastic core range. They have, yeah. And and I think I've read stuff before when Doreen was there, that was one of their big things was making sure they nailed core range. Um, they have started getting a bit more adventurous, a few more releases. They've gone into supermarkets as well. They've mm-hmm. started canning. If they've started to max out, then it's either crowdfunding, because they did do a crowdfund before. They, they have done crowdfunding, yeah, and recently as well they've, yeah. done, they've done crowdfunding. Um, so I suppose, yeah, you either you either do endless rounds of crowdfunding, and maybe we're getting to a saturation point in that with recent you know, closures of bottle shops and stuff like that. People might be a bit more wary. Yeah. Um, or you have, you you ask for you actually look for investors. Well, well, if you invested in 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 five points in that crowdfunding, uh, much the same as what happened with Camden, you could be in for a very quick return on that investment. Well, it depends what sort of. It. I mean, Camden got one hundred percent buyout, but even with Brewdog, when the private private equity came in, you could uh, get some 22%, money. Two percent. They could, offered us a chance to. Yeah, yeah. You almost could cash in half your shares to keep the other half and still have the same benefits. Don't they capped how many shares you could cash yeah. in? They weren't allowing you to cash all your shares yeah. in. So, you know, that, that again, there are more than one ways for them to get their funding. And yes, I'm not surprised. Um, with regard to Truman's, I don't see Truman's enough, even though I work in London. Um, it appears in a couple of pubs. I think it's a very solid cask brewery. And some of their darker beers, what they do as specials or seasonals, I think are very good. Um, but again, I suppose, they, they, I don't think they've ever done any sort of investment at all at Truman's. No, I'm, I'm wondering if Truman's are essentially trying to cash in on the, the, the brand name and locality more than anything else. They, they, the heritage that comes with the name. They could be. There's still a shed load of pubs in London which have Truman on it. Yeah. So Truman is a brand. It's still known. free advertising. Exactly. It's, it's same, isn't it? same reason they, the, uh, they, the other guys brought back Watley's. Yeah. You know, it's because you can still see Watney's Cooman Reed around. In London, so it's yeah. no surprise. Yeah. Uh, next up, we've got a, a story that was published in the Morning Advertiser, which was: uh, Is the UK nearing peak craft beer? Uh, UK's beer boom has significantly slowed in the last year, with only eight new breweries opening compared to 395 launched the year before. A report carried out by financial firm UHY Hacker Young suggests that Britain's craft beer boom is losing some steam. Never heard of that firm. No, neither have I. And interestingly, um, as this 
article was published, I only came across it because Pete, Pete Brown, Brown retweeted it and called it utter bollocks. Um, I can't believe that only eight new breweries have opened in the new year, in, in, in the last year. But even if that's the case, does that mean it's peak or does it mean it's levelling off? I mean, it depends what they're trying to say. I mean, I said I haven't, I mean, I work, I worked in, I work in the city, I've never heard of that particular finance firm. Um, but I mean, admittedly also I didn't do any digging around to see that any more had opened. And also, do they mean breweries per se or their term of craft? Yeah. It's, I, I mean, you read through the rest of that article, there's not a lot of substance to it. Um, I've, I've not actually bothered to dig out the report to try and read it, if I'm honest with you, because I was, no. I, I was so, you know, shocked by only eight in, in a year. I, I, just, I just couldn't believe it. No, I'd be surprised. But again, if anyone else has either read it or knows a bit more or has a few more facts for us, Always happy to have a few facts. Absolutely, yeah, yeah. Back back that up with some facts. Yeah, definitely. Because uh, I I am curious, but I mean, it's just it's for me. It's just headline grabbing. Yeah, absolutely. It's just clickbait. Like, like I say, I would never come across it at Pete not retweeting it and called it utter bollocks. <laughs> <laughs> to, to be honest with you, in, in his often subtle way. Yes. Um, and then the last um, piece of news, and this is possibly one that I think a lot of us may have been expecting for a while, is that um, the Portman Group has thrown out a complaint against London-based brewer Beaver Town's neck oil. I was here. always surprised that they weren't up before the beak, so to speak, beforehand. <laughs> um, so the complainant claimed that the name neck oil employed that the beer was to be drunk down in one, i.e. necked. And this was in line with the bright colours that were clearly aimed at the younger market and encouraged in irresponsible consumption. Oh, I'm a younger market. Oh, thank you very much. <laughs> now, Beavertown were obviously expecting this because their response, I'm not going to go through it because it's so detailed, but they've essentially got a response to every single part of the possible complaint that could have been made like I said, we, I mean, come uh, on. against it. As soon as, soon as we found out that uh, Tiny Rebel one had been done, yeah, in my head there was two major candidates for it, and and one of them probably less so now. I had the candidate of Magic Rock. Yeah, especially with like the the little characters because they've sort of faded they've away now. They've moved away from that now. Yeah, and Beaver Town. Yeah, because it's got the skeletons, it's got guns. Yeah, and what one of the things they said was that they they said that the name was originally picked to pay homage to. Um, Logan's grandfather who referred to beer in general almost exclusively as, as, as neck oil and never as shorthand for necking but but like I say it goes on to say a whole load of things which the final point is the one that I think was brilliant is that they added that the beer label on neck oil had the same layout as its gamma ray beer which had previously been considered by the panel in 2015 and had been turned down again by the panel so um yeah, I think it's an interesting one. Basically, Portman have thrown it out um, because Beaver Town's response was just so comprehensive. Um, but that does lead me to wonder, is, is their response that comprehensive because they now have the backing of a much bigger legal team that are ready for this sort of thing? I think they would, I, I think they would have been prepared for this for ages, with or without a bigger legal team anyway. I think they would have been prepared for Neck or being brought up I mean, it, it was an obvious candidate, wasn't it? Yeah, it, it was. It, it was. But I'm, I'm, don't get me wrong, I'm, I'm glad they've got it rejected, but if you hold it up against the, the can of Tiny Rebel, I'm not sure how one stacks against the other. No. 
I mean, there is suggestion in there that the theme is slightly more adult than some of the tiny rebel stuff because of the skulls and you know um, the use of bones. And that I, sort I, of I think skulls and bones will appeal to teens trying to sneak a drink more than a teddy bear. Mm. If if I'm being honest, you get to a point where teddy bears are are not your thing, whereas zombies and skeletons walking around with guns. But, but again, it, it comes back to that same old argument with these Portman complaints, isn't it? To, to buy that beer, in, in most places, certainly in supermarkets, you've got to be down the beer aisle. Yeah, you've got to be down the beer aisle. There's no accidentally picking it up off the shelf. No. Thinking it was orange juice. No, there isn't. So, you know, you're either, you're either trying to cheat the system or you're getting someone else to cheat the system or the retailer isn't doing their job. Agreed. Essentially, that's yeah. it. Yeah. Those, those are fairly much the three options. And, you know, as a... You, you, Every supermarket bottle shop off license, you have to renew your your alcohol license for off sales, and part of that is the whole thing about not selling to underage. So you shouldn't be able to get hold of it anyway. But if someone wants to get hold of something by, it'd be no different to any other, whether it be cigarettes, other forms of alcohol, you know, whatever it might be, people will find a way to get hold of it regardless. Yeah. So, but I don't think I don't think they're necessarily going to be trying to get hold of Nettle because. Really, it's going to take quite a few cans of that to achieve your. If you're going to do any sort of preloading or anything, that's, isn't it? That's that's true. Yeah, yeah. Because it is a it, essentially it's a, it's a session a, beer. It's a session it? beer, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. Talking of which, we've sessioned the second bottle of pale fire. We 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 have. I mean, what 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 are you thinking of of, of this beer from Sean? No, a bit like you. It's a little while. I think I might have had it more recent than you, the pale fire. And I have to me every time I have press a drop pale fire, I always think why one of those beers when I go why don't I have more of it. It's available in cans now as well, yeah. isn't it? So it, it may should be, be one of those that you get hold of a bit more. Whether I'm looking for it or not, I don't know. But either way, whether it's a good replica or not, it's a fantastic beer on its own right. Yeah. The carbonation he's managed to achieve with the the bottle as well. This is what I'm really impressed with as well. Is that you know, with the best will in the world, and you know, we've both between us spoken to a number of home brewers over the years. Right, that's one of their biggest things. Is it's good when they put it in the bottle or it's just about ready and when they open it a week later, oh, no, yeah. it's, it's died a bit or something's gone wrong. This one was even, this one was bottled on the 13th of um, the 3rd. So even even, even older. Yeah, almost, so we're, getting, yeah, we're yeah. you know, a few more weeks and this will be two months, two months in yeah. the bottle and well done, Sean. Thank you very much. In fact, you can carry on sharing all your home brewers now. Yeah. Absolutely, yeah, we'll give you a regular slot. Yeah. <laughs> Sean, Sean, Sean's home brew. <laughs> No, it's, it is. Jokes, no, it's just really good beer. Yeah. Really good beer. and Really enjoyable. Thank you very much for putting yourself out there because, you know, you'd be, I'd be a bit nervous. I, I would because, you know, we've, we've both said many times that, that, that we believe the whole process is magic. Yeah. You, you know, stuff goes in one end, really tasty beer comes out the other end. That, 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 that's magic. And we've, we've both been on enough brewery tours to understand how it works yeah. and to see how it works. But if you put all of the ingredients in front of me in an instruction sheet, I wouldn't be able to produce this. This beer is not what I'd make. No, no. <laughs> I would produce some brown swill that would end up going down the sink. Yeah, and you'd be nervous about putting it down your own sink. Y- yeah, <laughs> well, you, you might use it as sink cleaner. <laughs> no, brilliant. Thank you very yeah, much. Yeah, just echo that. Thanks, Sean. Re- really appreciate it. So that brings us very nicely on to this week's question. Opinions, opinions, opinions. Opinions, opinions. Which was 
Is constant innovation of beer styles and flavours essential to the survival of breweries or is it a solid core range? Now we had 518 votes on this, 71% of the voters went for core, 29% went for innovation. I'm going to ask you a question. Were you surprised by the gap? Yes. I thought it would have been a lot closer. However, what happened was there was a lot of votes and a lot of initial comments of people saying it has to be a core range. But then there was a lot of follow-up comments from them saying people saying, actually thinking about it, I think it needs to be a bit of both. Which we'll, we'll dig into. We'll dig into. As, now, as, I'll, um, as, as I've finished my pale Okay, well, I've been talking. Yes, I know. So that's why I thought I'd take the opportunity to finish here. So, uh, Unbarred, who are a brewery in based in Sussex, have very kindly sent us uh, three of their beers. So the first one we have decided to go for is the Mango Pale, a mango-infused pale ale. I'm guessing there's going to be hints of mango on this one. Uh, the 440 milliliter can, which is very full, because I've just spilt some. Um, I was looking for the ABV, actually. I can't can't find it, man. It's... Six, oh, 6%. Okay. Okay, so now, interestingly, lending itself to this week's poll as, as, as well, is um, Unbarred don't have a core range. No. Uh, at, at the moment, they are um, kind of specialising a little bit in one-off brews. Um, but part of the reason why they don't have a core range is because they don't actually have their own brewery uh, at the moment. So they're currently Cuckoo Brewing, uh, an, an, another brewery. Oh, no, I didn't know that. I didn't know they were a cookie brewery. Yeah. So um, their ambition is, if they're able to move into their own premises, they will look to have one or two beers that are core beers and ah. a, a, a producer okay so there is a bit of a rationale for them at the moment for innovating yeah. and do different ones so yeah they're currently um partnered with missing link brewery who are also based in sussex uh and they do all their brewing there uh, apart from the one beer that they've done recently with hop stuff for the new tesco range which was actually brewed at hop stuff okay so, okay i mean did you say missing link Never heard of them? Yeah, no, I've never heard of Missing Link either. Now, I'm, I'm going to say straight off the bat, but this is probably not a beer I would have dived in to buy. Me either. So, a mango pale, I would have pictured it looking a bit like Tropicana, and it looks a bit like Tropicana. And it smells a bit like Tropicana yeah. as, uh, as, as well. However, what I will say is that once again, and, uh, you know, Rach at Look at Brew has the benefit of living in Sussex, we don't have brewers doing this kind of stuff. Now... No, we don't. Now, whether yeah. you and I find it to be the most attractive style of beer is neither here nor there. This doesn't occur in Essex, really. It, it doesn't, and it's it's clearly selling, because if they've got this... that They've got this kind of rotation of different beers coming through that are all to a style and to a theme. I mean, the three beers that we're doing, we've got this one that are... This, this is a mango-infused parallel. Yeah. We've got... Uh, a milkshake parallel and then we've got a New England IPA which are all you, you know they're not styles that we, we generally chase no, we wouldn't after. go for them but but there's no one in Essex doing them no and just because you you and I may not go for these kind of beers and I may have a I may have a few more notches up the scale than you but doesn't mean someone we someone I'd still prefer someone to be doing it absolutely Sh- shall we stop Talking about yeah, it and just yeah, and start, start, start drinking it, maybe. 
Not too much mango for me. Oh, see, I'm getting loads of mango. Are you getting loads? Yeah. Just at the back of the tongue, roof of the mouth. That's that's where it's kicking in for me. Now, interestingly, the hops, they've got three hops in there, and two of the hops of our, our ones, which we've noted before, has been two of our favourites. Citra? Yep. Mosaic? Yep. <laughs> and then a, a, a Zaka. Of course. Uh, of, uh, of course, it's 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 the hype juice. It's, yeah. it's going to have the big hype hops in it, isn't East, it? East, New England, uh, malts, pale ale, flaked oats, flaked wheat. I think we, yeah. we can see that. Um, so, yeah, I mean... It's it, this a lot. I don't dislike it, and I will obviously we've still got the half a glass to get through anyway. But it's, it'll be uh, interesting to see what other people think about it. I mean, they must be doing quite well if they're getting themselves ready to go in and do something permanent themselves yeah. in a permanent base, which means that doing their cuckoo brewing must have proved to them that they can do it. I mean, it says established twenty fourteen, so they're in year five now. Yeah, that's that's a long time to to, brew. to, to be cuckoo brewing. Mind you, saying that, yeah, it, essentially, Mikeller has only just yeah started brewing on a on on, on a regular yeah, well, kit. Although I do think that they used the cuckoo brew as a, a point of difference as well, didn't they? Yeah, that became a Mikeller thing. Actually, yeah. did you see someone on someone on Twitter? They said I don't really get the hype about Mikeller. No, I don't. Having drunk my fair share of Mikeller beers as well, I don't. I don't, I don't get... I know it's a bit of a tangent, but I just happened to see yeah. a tweet today because now I've turned Twitter back on again after, <laughs> yeah. after having now seen it's Endgame. Safe. <laughs> now it's safe too, yeah. But um, yeah, that's... I mean, I'm not getting... I don't think I'm getting as much mango as you. I'm getting quite a lot of mango. But then I don't... Um, I, I'm not a massive eater of, of fruit. fruit. Um, a couple of things I'm not getting. I'm not getting that sweet cloying finish. No, it's it's quite clean. It's very clean yeah. on the finish, and it, there's there's no there's no oniony savoury notes. No, it's it's all sweetness. Yeah, but not getting that six percent either. Is it six percent? Yeah, <laughs> that's dangerous. Yeah, that's danger juice right there. Yeah, because it hasn't got the sweet cloying and that really thick body that you know that almost gloopy. Yeah, kind of body. That six percent is a dangerous six percent. Goodness. That's very well hidden. Yeah. Very well hidden yep. indeed. No, um, it does feel like a, a well-brewed beer. I mean, it's a quite quite bright labelling. Yeah. To be honest. And the unbarred, I think, is quite nice. Stands done. out, doesn't it? Yeah. Which Pro- properly stands out. I think you need to, don't you? I think we've said that before and plenty of other people yeah. say you, you, it's a crowded space these days. It is, especially that size can. Yeah. Actually, That's... did you listen to the last or the, pen, the last but one Stephen Rowland? Um, beer podcast yes they had a bottle and they said Roland actually commented I'm more likely to go for a bottle now because that actually stands out more than a can yeah so I thought it was a very interesting point actually yeah the bottle is almost the the standout item these days rather than the other way around yep so sorry we diverge we we do as if we didn't have enough to talk about already we do Uh, yeah let's um let's dive back into some of the responses to 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 the poll then so we're talking about core or innovation here so john edwards at john edwards (laughs) 7175 done it again you've asked an impossible question it's both 
Um, exclamation mark, exclamation mark, question mark, exclamation mark. Yeah, well, we do kind of do that. But that's, that's the idea. We want to challenge. Well, yeah, we want people's. We want people to get involved in the discussion. So uh, next up, we've got Guzzler at lagging underscore boat. I voted yes, but I think the answer is both for most breweries. If I was a brewery in today's market, I'd be very concerned about just having a core range. Lots of craft beer drinkers and tickers are always wanting something new. Now, this whole concept of needing both was. Uh, an ongoing theme in some of the comments that mm-hmm. we got back so uh, also uh, along this sort of line um, there were comments from Herman Lombard at Herman T Lombard Anthony Gladman at A Gladman Paul at UNRCD Bring On The Beer at Bring On The Beer and Hot Forward at Hot Forward Beers uh, Richard Taylor at Rich Taylor 1608 says both having a good core range available to a wider market will and can encourage more people to buy craft beer. They can then branch out to speciality beers. The main thing is to produce consistency, great beer, consistently great beer at good prices with good marketing. There's room for both. And then finally on the the, the, the both. Um, sort of topic Lee Houghton at Kingpin117 I think you need both a solid core will keep uh, will keep drinkers coming back innovation is good but one bad one and some people may be put off for good it's quite a good comment the last one because the just by the very nature you're doing innovation there's risk and that's innovation in any walk of life whether that be tech which is obviously a big thing these days with kind of fintechs and startups but also breweries if you haven't if you haven't nailed a particular style and then you bring out something and people just don't get it or they don't like it it may be harder for people to come back in again yeah so there, there's a you're definitely taking a risk when you do innovation i think especially as a startup as well startup brewery startup anything you you've got to be fairly confident in your ability to nail that well you, you've you've got to be confident in your skills as a brewer yes and you know are you competent can you can you yeah. brew and if that batch is bad get rid of it yeah, but we don't always see that, do no, we? We exactly. do see some of those bad batches make their way through to the point yeah. of sale, and that's where you know criticism happens and people then lose faith in a brewery. Yeah, and it doesn't take long. You can spend a long time building up. Don't take it's like <clears throat> it's like anything. People write a lot more on TripAdvisor when they're annoyed. Oh, it's just generally isn't it yeah. you, you know. but it's just a very easy example isn't it yeah the longer the longer ones tend to be the i was really annoyed stuff whereas the ones where you can just go quality of service four out of five uh, location five out of five all that kind of stuff you then don't say much you might say great service as always but if you're annoyed tap 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 yeah yeah keyboard, keyboard warrior. warrior that's it yeah um, so on the quality issue, James at Iron Pier underscore James, quality is key whether you concentrate on core or the every shiny and new. A lot of the industry has got away with putting out a lot of substandard products over the last 10 years or so. The ones who are seeing success are, are those who maintain great quality standards. Okay, that ties in quite nicely what I was just saying. Yeah, uh, and, and that was also a similar comment from Peter K at K Peter K 153. Peter K follows us. I never knew. Who knew? Who knew? Who knew? Um, so Sophie at So Beer Blogger, I think it's important to have a great core range as breweries should be offering really good and consistent go-to beers which identify their brand. If a brewery only does limited edition and innovative beers, then there's a danger that they will not be that memorable. That's I think, again, I think that's quite, I think the bit about the which identify their brand is quite interesting. That's quite an interesting take on, this, on the question because I hadn't even thought about linking it into your brand and stuff but that's actually quite a good point because i suppose 
the core beers from the breweries that I really like, I do the brand and the core beer and the brewery all sort of linked together, I suppose. Yeah. Jaipur, well, Formbridge, Ghost Ship Adams, that kind of stuff. Yeah. Well, well let, let's be honest, Magic Rock were never going to succeed just by releasing Unhuman Cannibal. No. Were, were they? No. Uh, that, so, you know, they needed a, a, a range of beers around that to, to, to demonstrate who they were, hmm. to enable them to be able to well, do that one-off. Not spe- to just demonstrate who they were, but demonstrate how good they were. Yeah. And how good they are, still. So then we had from um, Pub Cask, get Pub Cask. A quality core range will surely create a strong consumer reputation over time. Offering a consistently good product offers the drink of reliability and assurance. For me, the breweries who produce a core range, which is complemented by innovative specials, are most appealing. Yeah. I mean, uh, I think we'll save our comments till the end because there's a lot of yeah. good stuff to get through here. A- absolutely, yeah. Um, then we have... Uh, and this one is from uh, and this is from Machinistas actually whose t-shirt I'm wearing tonight yeah and uh, whose beers we enjoyed recently yes. show as well I agree I co-run a small brewery one barrel okay that definitely qualifies as a small brewery yeah where's, where's our guide where's, <laughs> hang on one one barrel is that's 284 yeah, pints they run a 284 uh, pint brewery uh, that's fine. thank you very much again Sean yeah. for, for, for our little uh, idiots guide at the top of our how many mentions there? has Sean got tonight uh, um, and, and we have a small core range. We think it's really important that people can recommend beers to friends. Love that comment. Yeah. If we only brew one-offs, then that's impossible. Plus, there's an art to brewing the same recipe consistently. Oh, that's such an important point. Yeah. Now, um, I listened to the... We both listened to the Beers Without Frontiers. Uh, very good interview they did with the guys from Machinistas. And I think they, they sort of alluded to this as well. So I think they do do the one-offs, don't they? But they do try to do the core, the core range. Yeah. Um, which again, must be equally challenging, bearing in mind it's a one barrel kit as well. That's, that's, a, that's a really difficult brew schedule to, to plan to be able to do a regular core beer yeah. plus your one-offs. Yeah, exactly. But I do like that bit so people can recommend beers to friends. So rather than saying, oh, I had this brilliant beer from brewery the other day and they said, oh, all right, do you want to pick me up? No, it's gone there. Yeah. <laughs> well, okay, thanks for the recommendation. Then we had Jim... Oh, Jim Guardian... Jim, Jim Guardian Bevosia. Thank you. It's, 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 that's got to be a play on a, on, a, on a Harry Potter spell. Oh, yeah. Yeah, very good. Well done. Uh, Jim underscore Rangley. For us, um, and uh, for us, what brewery is that again? Um, Jim works for Abbeydale. Thank you. Um, for us, we wouldn't exist as a brewery without the core beers, and we wouldn't have grown naturally the way we have. We spend a lot of time getting those beers consistent and dependable, but it also pays for us to innovate and push in other directions on the back of constant income, which they have done a lot recently. Yeah. Uh, we also wouldn't be able to invest as much in staff and equipment, experiment with other yeast and barrels. So for us, it's completely necessary for the business to keep core beers. So again, I think he's similarly saying the same sort of thing. Core lets them do what they want to do. Well, and that's an interesting point from that particular brewery as well. So from Abbeydale. So going back to Christmas and the new year. And one of your beery adventures. One of my beery adventures. I absolutely loved their moonshine parallel. Which which, I haven't had, but it looked Which is an absolute stunner of a beer, which is their kind of core traditional beer that they produce as a brewery 
I absolutely loved that. At the same time, over that period of time, I had one of their craftier releases in a, in, in a can, which was a chai latte stout. Well, they sent us a few, didn't they? And I absolutely... I, to say I absolutely hated it is a, is, is, a, is, a, is a leap, but I really didn't enjoy it, probably because I don't like... Well, tea. It tries a tea, isn't it? Yeah, so. yeah. I don't, I don't, I don't like tea, and I, it just didn't work for me. The tea and all the spices that were in this stout didn't work for me. But that, I think, that sums up what they're able to do as a brewery. Yeah. So by doing moonshine, it enables us to have this experimental arm that actually a part of the population and a part of the community will enjoy drinking. But we can still still churn this out for our locals. Well, the money comes from the core. Yeah. The publicity comes from the new. Yeah, absolutely. Really? Yeah. In, in social media terms, anyway. Um, from Nathan Trout at Nathan Trout I'd have thought that there's more pressure on breweries particularly small ones to keep bringing out new releases than there was five years ago interesting comment uh, we follow that up with uh, Graham McAteer at follow the beer D very good um, it's a worrying trend that consumers refuse to drink the same beers twice breweries are under pressure to constantly produce top quality unique beers there is decreasing time or market for breweries to perfect their flagship beers. And this was also uh, echoed by uh, John Clark at Beer for John, uh, Pete McCary at Peter McCary, and Charlie Ailing at Charlie underscore Ailing. What do you think about that comment? Interestingly, first of all, just to close a circle, as, as part of Pete's comment that he made, um, he actually referenced Powerfire by Pressure Droppers being one of those beers. It's a flagship beer that's allowed them to do more, which, which obviously, you know, we, we, we've sampled Sean's yeah. version of Power Fire. To, well, he's, to, been, he's a massive ad, advocate of Pressure Drop Power yeah. Fire. Yeah, um, But I think, I, I mean, flagship beers, core beers, are we talking about the same thing here? I suppose, I mean, maybe, I don't know. I mean, I, I guess that most flagship beers are also part of a core range in my experience. So... If we use both of the breweries we've referenced already, Thornbridge and Magic Rock, for you, Magic Rock flagship beer for you would probably be Cannibal. Yep. For Thornbridge, I'd probably sleep straight away and say Jaipur. But that's not that's not the only beers in their core range. It's 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 not the only no no, because you, you know, Magic Rock have a number of beers in, in their core range. Thornbridge maybe less so these days. I think they probably have less so, but they still have a decent core range. But flagship beer is just part of the core range. I don't think I would ever call a seasonal beer from a brewery or one-off as a flagship. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, sticking with the we're not having core beer com- comments so okay. far. Sticking with um, uh, Unbarred, um, they also sent us a limited edition milkshake pale ale, also at 6%. Again, probably another beer which we wouldn't have chosen to have. However, I have had this before as part of a bottle share, which... You didn't make. No, I, I I missed that one. This is a this is a three or four way collab. It's a four well, way collab between Unbarred, Bison, Blind, and Brett and Beer. Now I'll be honest. I think I've heard of Bison Beer. I don't uh, think I've heard of Blind. Bison Beer are a bottle shop in Brighton. Okay, Sussex still. Uh, Blind Brewing and Brett and Beer. I haven't heard of. No, I, I think I think they're all possibly from Sussex. Oh, brilliant! So more innovation in Sussex. Well, lucky old Sussex. That's yeah, what I say. Yeah, we're not getting any of that in Essex, are we? <laughs> so, so while you're pouring that out and talking of innovation, Greg Bullman at Greg Bullman says, "If I see a beer I ain't had, I will always buy it. So I go for innovation. I blame Untapped." <laughs> 
Love that. <laughs> Great comment. Mr. WP at Mr. Underscore WP. Innovation for me, I don't tend to have loads of repeats no matter how good they are. That's just me. Only time I go for core is when I need a filler for a party or a gathering, but that's just me. I understand the need for good core, but it doesn't affect me. Well, I mean, it's fair enough. I mean, everyone's got their own um, their own uh, modus operandi. Yeah. That's what I wanted to say. I mean, mine is... I tend to go for core in pubs and eclectic at home. Absolutely, yeah. I think I think it's the same here. Or eclectic and fridge fillers. If 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 I'm in a pub, I'm I'm more likely to go for a drink that um, I know is going to be of a fairly high standard. Yeah. And whether that's because I, I really trust the brewery, or whether it's just because it's a beer I've had before yeah. and I know I enjoy it. Well, that would be my starting point anyway. Often, if I go into a pub and there's a myriad of choices, I'll go for something I'm pretty certain about. Yeah. And that will be the same criteria as you, brewery or beer itself. And then I might settle back and decide whether I want to try different things. Or if I'm there watching football, for example, like I did at North Riding, I had one beer five times. It was 3.8%. It was perfectly sessionable. They had other choices, but it was still the afternoon as well. Yeah. Uh, Friday night, I was in the hold in the wall near Waterloo Station. And um, I was watching, again, I was watching Liverpool. Dragged a friend of mine along, and um, I had ghost ship. I couldn't even tell you what else they had on. Where we'd actually stood. You saw that and ghost ship yeah. on cask. So let's give the uh, honeycomb milkshake pal a, a, a go. Oh, that's a sweet nose, isn't it? I mean, yeah, properly I mean, sugary sweet nose. Yeah, I would it's say it's almost like candy floss. Yeah. Okay, so straight up, it's it's soft. It's got that softness from a milkshake. It yeah. has got softness. Although I think what's probably confused me a bit, although I've had it before, is that the mango pale was that a lot thicker in colour. Yeah, I mean, this is you can see through this. Yeah, I didn't expect that. No, I did not expect that for a milkshake. Bit. No, but I know they've t- deliberately said it's a milkshake pale ale, so rather than a milkshake yeah. IPA, I mean, the. Uh, condition of the beer is excellent I mean the first beer I think we um, we probably said it off air actually but the, the head had died quite quickly on the first yeah. one hadn't it this one is definitely lasting a lot it's, longer it's, it's holding it yeah it's got the sweetness there it's um, there's nothing offensive in that yeah I mean it's just got, it's got a lot of stuff I wouldn't have put together I have to admit in a pale ale I mean Again, we've got the flaked oats and flaked wheat, which I think we probably could have at least pitched a guess at one of those. Yep. Honey malt and honey and vanilla and lactose and the hops are El Dorado and Cascade. It's one hell of a mix. It is. I think I think the lactose and vanilla are winning out. Yeah, I'm not I I, I would whereas the mango pile away. Uh, I think the mango was actually, for me, was a bit muted. I might have been able to take a bit of a pitch at maybe one or two of the hops. I would struggle with these. Yeah, wouldn't, wouldn't have picked them out no. at all. Um, so, carrying on with the uh, with the comments, we've got Jim at DZ. I feel these days like my beer journey is coming to a happy end. Oh, well, in that case, he probably agrees with the UK has reached craft beer. <laughs> Clearly, yes. Um, Jim, did you write the article? How many more collab New England IPAs can I drink? I know what I like now and happy to stick to a core core range. I like the way you said core, core range. Yeah, so, um, a core, core range. Core, core range. I'm definitely going to have a core range. Yeah. Um, 
from Brinsla at Brinsla. You need a blend to survive. The biggest problem is the amount of new beers breweries bring out every week. I've given up trying to keep up with the likes of Verdant and Left Hander Giant. Just too many. I end up choosing mainly core these days just for value. The cost has doubled recently. That's a good point, actually. I mean, new releases are getting getting quite expensive. Yeah, I mean, if, if, if you're of that sort of addictive nature where you need to keep up with it. Yeah, so effectively FOMO. Yeah. It's a coin of phrase. Oh, without a doubt, yeah. Chasing, um, chasing the latest hype juice. Yeah. There are literally... Oh, my God, if you were upwards doing... Upwards of five or six releases a week. Oh, easily. I mean, you could probably throw Daya in there as well if you're talking about yeah. the hype juice as well. Um, Mosaic Mike, beer evangelist at Mike's Taproom. I've always been an advocate of a solid core range. Innovation is fantastic, but a great core demonstrates consistent quality. Not the first time that's been mentioned. Also, with traditional British beer style, seemingly the theme for this year, those with a great core already have a head start on the innovators. Which is an interesting comment. That's, yeah, I've not seen the traditional British beers being a, a trend no. that's emerging. Not, well, not one that I've noticed. No. And um, Riven Brews definitely didn't have traditional British styles as one of their well, well, trends they didn't. of the year. No, and we are going to be, um, in a future show, we're going to be checking up on Riven and Brews. To see how their trends, trends are going. To see, to see how they are going, yeah. yeah. And you're going to stick to the end of the show as well, aren't you? Well, I hope so. Not going to let even let you go to the loo. No, I'm, I'm <laughs> going to be I'm going to be strapped to a to, to a chair. Um, JT at Al underscore and underscore metal. Uh, this is who you believe to be my alter ego on <laughs> well, on, on, on Twitter. Uh, I genuinely struggle to name more than twenty core craft beers in the UK at the moment. I do like checking out new ones by Track Wyland and Siren, for example. But I'll always order a Sonoma, Jakehead, and Soundwave when I see it. Great comment. Yeah, great comments. It's, 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 I love I love these breweries do experimental stuff. If they put one of their classics on, I'm, 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 I'm going to yeah. drink it. Graham C at Graham underscore C. Innovation is great and it's important, but you only have to look to Belgium to realise that it isn't everything. That is not to say they do not innovate. Far from it. I still get excited each time I see Orval on the shelf and I've been drinking it for many years. Uh, and it wasn't just Graham that was advocating Orval. Uh, Pete at Hops and Hoops, his response to this poll was simply one word, Orval. <laughs> <laughs> Brilliant. Yeah. So five letters. Yes. Uh, and then finally, uh, and I think this is a great comment, and this is, this is why I wanted to finish this with this one as well. So James at Perilous Banana, who definitely wins the handle of the night. Um, the Colonel has never really had a core range and it hasn't been detrimental to them as far as I can tell. I would argue they do have a core range, if it's even if it's not the exact same beer. Okay. So they've got they've they've got Powers, they've got India, You'd always India get... IPAs, they've got India Porters. If they still had their tap room open in the Bermondsey Beer Mile Generally, on a Saturday, you'd be able to get hold of a, a pale ale between that 5 and 6% mark. You'd be able to get hold of it, India pale ale, maybe between the 65 to 75 And there would definitely be either a brown type of heritage type London beer or a, a dark, like a, a stout or a porter. So I think we, know, we all know the kernel will not, you know, anyone who uses untapped and trying to find a kernel, the exact kernel oh, beer. what a nightmare. You know, yeah. is, is not... I, so the comment is completely nutty valid. I would just argue that 
you can usually find this the style of beer. So the the pale the the pale ale, the IPAs, the browns, stouts, and porters. Again, like I said if you were going to their tap room, all of those would be available to take away these days. But I think it's a very good point. I think the kernel sort of stand alone in a lot of things, though. I think so, yeah. And long may it continue. Oh, I, I hope so. You know, I, I wouldn't want that to change. No. No, definitely not. I mean, I remember an April Fool's thing a few years ago when it came out with someone that mocked up some kernel cans. Yeah. And I was like, no, don't muck around with kernel. But, but the thing is, how many times have we been on our way to events or after an event we've gone somewhere and we've walked in and you've, you've seen that brown label and, and straight away, the minute you walk through the door, you know that's what you're going to drink. Yeah, well, I said I did. I went to Scarborough. I was in a brew pub. Yeah. And I love their beers. It's on record of me loving their beers. And I saw Colonel. You're always going to drink it. You, <laughs> so I had it. You're always going to go for it. Yeah. And guess what? I was not disappointed. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> they are absolutely superb at what they do. So I completely get the comment. I would just say that they, they definitely have a core something. They have a core to what they do. Yeah. So how are you getting on with the... You know what? I'm actually enjoying it. So I think you're enjoying this one more than the first I'm one. I'm definitely enjoying this more than the mango. And I enjoyed the first one more than this. Yeah. Um, I, I'm, I'm liking the, the, the soft sweetness in there. Um, I, I, I'm liking the soft finish to it. I, I think the flavours are all fairly subtle. And, and, and they're, they're all working together really well. Do you know what I think? Because I had this at the box show you didn't come along to um, at the turn of the year. I get like a little bit of a cream soda feel to it. Both with the softness... And maybe that vanilla coming through in the lactose. And out of all the soft drinks that are available to me as a kid, I hated cream soda. I hated cream soda. I don't hate that, though. Okay. I'm, I'm, I'm enjoying that. Cool. I mean, like I said... I'm not sure I could drink more than a can of it. See, that's the thing at the moment. Neither of those could I say, oh, I'll have a second one. No. So, yeah. Who knows what we think about the third offering from them. Yes, well, let's let's see... Um, as always with opinions there were loads of great comments this week um, there's never time to, to, to feature all of the comments um, but if you do want to have a read through what people have been saying there's a link in the show notes to the question click on that and you can see all the you can see the original poll on Twitter and you can see all the answers to it and if you've got something to say about it um, still make sure to use the hashtag opinions and you may very well find yourself in this next part of the show let us know write it down let us know write it down let us know your thoughts and bitter in lingerness write it down so before you read that one out uh, obviously thank you to the old lady for the question in the first place but also if anyone else has any questions like that then let us know as well. Let us know. Yeah, send them to us we, on DM. Because... But, you know, the, some of the questions we get from you guys as listeners are fantastic. And they're not ones we're going to always think of. And we're more than happy to use them. More than happy to use them. We'd, we'd love more sort of poll questions from our listeners. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. So that was just a, a, a shout out to the old lady. But if you've got any questions, burning questions you've had at the back of your mind for years, let us know. If it's a goodie, it'll get used. It'll get used and people will comment and then there'll be more comments on your comments, which is how it, how it brings us full circle. I will tag you in and you will see it all. You will see everything, yeah. So, uh, first up, Will Watkins at Dry Your Beers. Interesting Beaver Town versus Magic Rock poll. 
Do you think Beavertown have changed these attitudes? In my honest opinion, they're the best example of a brewery that even casual drinkers have known before and after buyout. These drinkers will have seen consistency and quality maintained. Interesting point. Um, I personally haven't, in, in the beers that I have had, which are Beavertown beers, I haven't pinpointed anything. No, I I've, I've just been enjoying them. So, Neckwell has appeared in a few more places that I frequent in the city. Um, I still pick up their cans. Um, I I can't. I haven't noticed any any dip. Magic Rock. Too early to it's, say. It's far too early for but Magic Rock. I can't imagine, especially with Richard Burhouse being committed to being part of the setup in some shape or form for what is it the next four years still? Yeah. Can't, I can't imagine they're going to... But it's, it's, it's part of that... I think part of the question what Will was asking there is... The consistency? Not, no, it's, it's not even about the beer. It's about the buyouts. It's, you know, are, again, it's that... Are, are oh, people want, becoming oh, less mean, and less desensitised? Which is what we said before about with each one. The more it happens, the less the reaction is. I think the more it happens, but also the ones that some of... Who it happens to. I mean, Beavertown had that massive outcry because they were... And a bit like Camden beforehand, because people had bought into them, both at, as an ethos and with money in the terms of Camden, because Camden had done their crowdfunding. Four Pure, I don't think they ever did a crowdfunding route, did they? No. And Four Pure never screened craft. Were part of craft, were trying to set anything up craft. Um, Magic Rock, again, I don't think they ever really screened it, but I think people really bought into the whole thing, but they're in Huddersfield, you know. Not necessarily, it's definitely not the centre of the, the universe for a lot of people. Um, you know, they, they supported the, the local football team. So I think, you know, it's been slightly different buyouts. But I do think that with each one, and there'll be more. Oh, yeah, it's, it's, it's not stopping with Magic no. Rock, is it? And we can include fillers in that as well. Yeah. Um, that it will, people's attitudes, we do get used to things. What was a 15 film 20 years ago is probably a 12A now. Oh, without a doubt, yeah. As an example, we, we get used to things uh, and there will be a whole load of people who are not only desensitised about it, simply don't care. Yeah, which we almost fall into that, don't we? We do at times. Um, I, I can't say, I'll, you know, from the few conversations I did hear at Magic Rock, I didn't hear anyone... You know, talking about it and throwing it's, their cans on the floor. It's, it's part of that though because Logan very publicly went on record the year before at the Beavertown Extravaganza to essentially bemoan big beer. Yeah, 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 yeah. Part part of that backlash was because of that, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, and as a as a society, we can't wait to take someone down. So if someone's successful and they manage to score a bit of an own goal, which is what Logan did with that then as a, a, our human nature is to take is to then pay them back in kind he would have been he was ill-advised to make that yeah. the year beforehand but didn't um, Larganitas do something similar yes yeah their, their owner the owner of Larganitas did something said, really said similar thing, and then it was literally the week after yeah. and it was Heineken then as well yeah, yeah. <laughs> so it's almost like they go searching for people that have, <laughs> that, that have now their, their, their colours to the mast and, and then I'm going to offer them such a Vast amount of money yeah. that they can't go, they go, oh fuck it, it doesn't matter what I said yeah. last week. Yeah, I'm, I'm taking <laughs> I'm it. I'm taking I'm, the cash I'm, I'm, anyway. Yeah. Um, while we've had that little tangent, I have opened the third of our beers from Unbarred. 
Um, again, I'm pretty certain this is not a beer we would have said, oh, Rich at the Vic, can you pass me the Tropic Soda, please? A passion fruit, pineapple, mango puree, New England star beer, which comes in at 5.8%. Right, come on. Let's do it. Okay, cheers. Cheers. It's, it's got that New England nose. Yeah. I, I'm liking the nose more than mouth. the first two, though. Nice mouthfeel and carbonation. It's not overly thick. No. It's not overly cloying. Not sugary. Doesn't have that sugary finish. There's no vegetalness to it. No, it's quite light actually, isn't it? Which those are all the things that really put me off of the off of the juice. Yeah. And I would actually argue that those flavours are actually a bit more muted, perhaps as well. That, that they are, and maybe it's because they've been blended. Because you've got passion fruit, pineapple, and mango puree. So. Perhaps because we're blending it a little bit. Yeah. I, and also, I, unusual choice of name. Sorry, Tropic Soda. So it almost well, feels like, like a soda. I, I saw that, and I I would have put money on this having been like a sour of, of, of sorts. Oh, really? Yeah. But just by the name. Okay. I mean, uh, so what have we got? So let's let's move away. Let, let's talk about the stuff, which is... Well, they've got four hops in there. Citra, Azaka, Mosaic, and Simcoe. Passion fruit, lactose, pineapple, mangoes, the adjuncts. So, you know, and some, you know, it's, it's stuff which you wouldn't not, you're not surprised to see there, is it? No, absolutely not. Maybe, maybe the inclusion of Simcoe in there is quite an interesting one because yeah. that's quite, that, that's more of an aggressive hop, isn't it, in terms of its flavour? I suppose you can use that in moderate amounts when you're mixing it with the other three hops plus the adjuncts. Yeah. But I've, I've, I've got to say... Maybe a little bit of a, a, a doffed cap to, to, to unbarred here in terms of giving us three cans of juice. Yeah. That I'm not not enjoying them. But you're not wanting to throw out the back door? No. Um, at the moment, I've still got to finish it. At the moment, the Tropic Soda is my favourite. Mm, I'm possibly still on the Honeycomb Milkshake. Okay. As, as, as being my favourite but still got this one to finish no fair enough I mean um, what I would say is again going back to the whole thing Cuckoo Brewery in Sussex haven't got their own base and they're churning out these kind of different beers oh yeah and they're, and they're good beers yeah I mean they're, they're, there's no there's no doubt about it regardless of your style preference or whatever these are good beers these are good beers I, I, I like the branding I like the labelling I like the presentation all right the whole 440 can thing that debate's been had many a time they're not completely silly ABVs two sixes and a 5.8 I'm I'm impressed yeah I'm enjoying them so if they do get their own place and they do start to maybe shift a couple of core beers as well as the innovation I'll definitely be keeping an eye on them yeah without a doubt yeah so thanks again I'm bar for sending them through always grateful um, to people that send us beer yep. or, always back to some of the other comments we had then uh, Rich Taylor uh, at Rich Taylor 1608 great show guys lots of interesting subject matter great 
tasting notes on the half acre beer. Hey, it's, I think that's the first time anyone's ever congratulated us on our tasting notes. I'm, I'm impressed with that. <laughs> so am I. Um, God, I might uh, have to listen back to that again then. And a classic tune to end with. Had a very enjoyable Essex bottle share with you two plus everyone else on Tuesday. Are you both surprised at the Ebria research into low ABV beers? Now, I had to ask you about this research to see yeah. if you had seen it. Um, I had seen it. Um, sorry, I just wanted to say, you know, when I read that, you know, because you, Steve, very kindly make sure we have all the the comments we want to share on the show all printed out for us. And um, I was reading this on the train, so I, the train was moving at the same time. And I thought he'd written, had a very surprise, a surprising, enjoyable Essex bottle <laughs> share. <laughs> I don't know, you, you get. <laughs> There's no need for that, is there? Yeah. Um, um well, no. I mean, the Ebria research into low ABVs, I think, is sort of fairly much confirmed about ABVs do, low ABVs doing well. Yeah, and, and I think they are a burgeoning market, aren't yeah. they? Yeah, um, because we're not just we're not talking about no alcohol. I think we're talking about the lower end of the scale. So for me, I'm going to go for that table beer and lower. So that three percent and lower. I'm not, I'm not surprised that they're 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 doing well. We are seeing more of them. Yeah. So, and I think we'll continue to see more of them. Yeah, as as well. Um, Andy Parker at Tabamatu. I listened to the to, to the show in the week. Great show. Hashtag Bipper comeback. Um, Andy was the man that started the Bipper comeback yeah. revolution. So it's only it's only fair that he gets a mention. Well, he did a, on, on, on the show because he did the beer with the North Riding, didn't he? But we uh, did the on, the Bipa, on the Bipper yeah. comeback show, yeah. which was uh, yeah not sh- a strictly speaking back IPA, but. I think we both agreed it was a fantastic within, bit. Within the realm and yeah. a highlight of that show for us. Uh, Stephen Clements at Siren Stephen. Cheers, guys. Love the Don't Believe the Hype episode, especially. You'll definitely have a new regular listener in me. That's always great to hear that yeah, we've got thank new, you very new much. people coming to us. Made the journey a lot shorter. I'll need to sort you lads out with some Siren beers. Got a cracking West Coast IPA. I'd love to know what you think. Stephen, we're also always, always winning to take West Coast IPAs. Yeah, for your all hands. the West Coast IPAs. All of them. Send them all to us. We'll give you the address. Get in touch. Right, so the next comment on Bittering Lingus, Linganus is from the aforementioned Mark Johnson, at Mark N. Johnson, who I met up with in Huddersfield. And we had a little chat about a, a, a future collaboration show. Of course. And um, he has a little plan. He's actually set aside six beers for us to try, Steve. Okay. And he's he's chosen these beers with you in mind. Okay? So, so he's chosen these beers with you in mind. Mark's comment. That's settled. If I do ever appear on this show, I'm making it a smoked beer special to see if I can create a Steve hashtag smoked face thing. I think it's pretty much guaranteed you can do that, Mark. Are they all smoked beers he's bringing in? Yeah. All of them? Yep. Is there a smoked sour in there? I don't know. He just said he's got six smoked beers lined up. That would be my worst nightmare. A smoked, smoked sour. A S- Steve's smoked sour face. Hang on, no. A smoked Belgian sour. <laughs> uh, Mark, as, as, as we did discuss, we're definitely on for that show. So, uh, listeners, you will get this show sometime during June, I believe. I think that's when we've got it scheduled for, yeah. Well, see, I know that bit. You you've done. Oh, no, you've, you've done. Yeah, you've got it. You've yeah. got it. Um, so next up, Simon Manchester at the Man Seven was listening to your podcast, and lo and behold, found myself driving past Evesham Tesco. To say I filled my boots is an understatement. 
Glad to hear you had a night in Hull. So that was obviously my reference yep. to my trip, university trip with Michael. Some great bars with a decent beer culture. Same you didn't get to go to Minerva, at Minerva Hull, one of the best pubs in the city. And the last time I was there, they were serving stones on cask. Um, yeah, I mean, obviously, it, it wasn't a beery trip for once. Yeah. <laughs> um, I did, did manage to get to a couple of pubs with my alcohol-free 18-year-old son. So I'm always quite grateful that he's quite happy to put up with my couple of beer journeys anyway. Um, but yeah, I, I actually found the beer scene in Hull quite good actually, and I actually enjoyed Hull City Centre as well. Excellent. I think this next one's for you as well. Yeah, so this is from uh, Stephen O'Kane at Socrates9. Martin was right about the pronunciation of my handle. Now, that's not often said, is it? Sake. Get honestly, in. Damn, I thought I had got it <laughs> right there. It had to be Socrates. Yeah, no, I... I as we said at the time, I still got what you said, but it was the way that, for me, rate stands out in the middle. No, you see, no. Okay. The reason I have this as my handle, email, identifier on the internet is my initials are SOK and being a huge fan of the footballer and in brackets and philosopher. I'm so pleased I got that so one. It's not every day you hear that, is it? That someone's a massive fan of Socrates, the philosopher. No, no, not very often <laughs> at all. But the 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 footballer, he was a fantastic number nine. He was a fantastic footballer. Um, and last but not least, from Mr. WP, who uh, at Mr. Underscore WP, who has been mentioned once or twice, and I know we know went to see Endgame. The he, day before us. He's a massive Marvel, Marvel. fan as, uh, as well. Yeah, really, really enjoyed this. In relation to our uh, Infinity War podcast, it's my geek thing, Marvel, and loved hearing you two again geek out over something so close to my height, my heart. That's not beer. Outstanding work. Thank you very much. I'm glad you enjoyed it because it is a bit of a, a vanity project. It, it it is, but we we know that it's not for everyone. Yeah. When when we do the opinions on film shows, um, which is why we only do I think we do three a year. That's fairly much what we've fallen into now. Yeah. Year. Um, and, and obviously, when, when we're going to do the Marvel ones, we are going to get a little bit excited. Uh, I don't think them. that comes across at all, Steve. <laughs> do, 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 do you think not? No. Okay. Um, so, so, yeah, it's it, it's great to hear that, and we do appreciate that that, that feedback. Yeah, we, do, we definitely appreciate the feedback. Because when we first started doing this, when we did the Back to the Future as the first one, I wasn't sure that I, other, anyone other than me and Steve was going to listen to it. No, but people do. Yeah, and and it's great. It's great that people listen to those. Um, thanks to everyone, as always, for, your, for for your comments on 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 the shows. We love we love hearing your thoughts on what you've heard. Yeah. So so, so please continue to, to to feed those back. Use the hashtag um, opinions, and and we'll definitely we'll definitely find you. So. We've got some final thoughts on the Tropic side. I mean, you've finished yours. I finished mine. I actually really enjoyed that. I actually found it because it was so light. And I think that's where the word soda for me worked. It had a really light mouthfeel to it, especially in comparison to the first two. I think we got I think we got the order quite nice as well, though. Yeah, I mean, the the, the, the first two was were thick. The, the, the mango power was very thick. And, and then we, we started coming down. Yeah. And I think that actually worked really well, especially as we'd gone from the Pale Fire as well to the Mango yeah. Pale. Um, so that was good. I really, really enjoyed that soda drink. I could have had a second one of those. Okay. It's interesting. What's your thoughts? And, um, and, and Bard in general. I've, I've enjoyed all three beers. Um, as, a, as we said, not necessarily the sort of beers that I would go for. No. Um, straight off the bat. Um <laughs> 
the, the mango powers are probably a little bit too mango for me, but in, in terms of does it do what it says on the tin? Yes, it does. It's it, it's, I'll say all three it, of, it's mango juice. All three have done that. Yeah. The, 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 the honeycomb milkshake pal, yeah, it was sweet, it was soft, it, it, it had everything you, you would expect. Um, and the, 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 the Tropic Soda, yeah, it's a New England IPA, but it's it's not that juice that I don't no. I don't enjoy. It's it's a rather well-balanced beer. That's what I was going to say. It is actually pretty well-balanced, bearing in mind, again, what we probably would have come in with our preconceptions about these beers and about each one individually. So thank you for Unbarred for sending these particular ones through and for challenging us. We're always happy to be challenged. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, challenge us. Yeah, otherwise it is going to be a show every two weeks with West Coast IPAs. That's that's, that's all we'd ever drink, given the, given the opportunity, that's all we'd do. Yeah, which, to be honest, is uh, not a bad segue into the final beer of the evening. So, uh, demonstrating the sonic screwdriver, much to Steve's disgust, is alive and well. I have got the uh, Lagunitas, the Waldo's Special Ale. So this is an 11% yep. IPA Now from, from, from Lagunitas. Interestingly, Steve... We've featured this on the show before. We have, which we didn't know. Um, I did a, a, a minute amount of research um, and discovered that we had this fairly much a year to the day as a show beer. Yes, yeah. Um, so we had the, what would have been classed, I suppose, on Untapped as the 2018 version. Yeah, I'm not sure this is on there as an, an annual release, even, even though the label says it's 2019. I well, last year's did say in brackets 2018, and we had it. So we tried it at the Piccadilly Tap a week beforehand when we did our Manchester weekend with the beer snobs. Yeah, and we then had it as a bottle on the show. So before we get into questions, let's let's enjoy this. Cheers. I mean, <laughs> that's that's almost the definition of dank. Yeah, is isn't it that nose? And that follows through as well. Oh, oh, that I mean, that is thicker than any of those three previous beers that that, that we've had. Well, it's I think it's thicker on the way it feels rather than the way yeah. it looks. Because it's a clear beer. That is big. Yeah, you can feel that beer. Yeah. So whereas I would argue that all three of the unbarred beers drank lower than they looked. Oh, this doesn't. You know, this is a big beer. So we've got a couple of questions as well, Steve. Questions, questions, fill my head. And um, one is from uh, Sean O'Reilly at Uncrulia, who very kindly uh, gave us the homebrews earlier, and is going through the back catalogue of the Beer O'Clock Show. <laughs> this, yeah, this is where I've given him his new title of our uh, official biographer. Yeah, he's got multiple titles. <laughs> he's like the show homebrewer, statistician, and biographer now. Yeah. Multiple titles. So his question... The early years, episode 48. The longest I've ever aged a barley wine is a couple of months. What is the longest you've ever aged a beer? What is the oldest beer in your stash now? So I'm going to hand this over to you first of all, because it's your, obviously episode 48, you were obviously doing the whole barley wine thing. We must have done a barley wine yeah. at that point, which I'm guessing episode 48 was probably Tally Ho. Probably because that's classed as a barley wine, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. Um, so I've got three currently residing in my cellar. 
that, that, that would um, tick this particular box. So first up I've got um, a bottle of Buxton's Tsar Bomber, uh, the first generation of, of that, which is their, it's their big imperial stout. How, how old was that one then? Um, well, this one is, it was bottled in September 2012. Oh. So it, it was bottled in the year that I was 40. So I'm kind of thinking I'm going to age that until I'm 50, so I'm going to give that 10 years. Cool. Um, I bought it a couple of years after, so that's maybe not not necessarily been in my cellar for that long. Okay, so but, it's a 2012 bottle, so you've been aging it for five years. Yeah. Buxton for the first couple of years. Yeah. Um, along similar sort of lines, there is a, a, a bottle of Fuller's Vintage Ale um, from 2012. But that was donated to us by a listener, David Della, uh, and, and that's going towards Show 100, which which will feature an entire range of Fuller's vintage beers. Um, but the one that I've been aging the longest in, in in my cellar again, it's a Fuller's beer, and and it's their Imperial Stout, which I think was the first year that they released it. So I think it's from 2013. So it's coming okay. up to this. Winter, it'll be six years old that, that I would have been aging that one in, oh, in, cool. in my cellar. Um, I'm not sure what the oldest one. I mean, I've got a, quite a, a decent range of Fuller's beers. Um, some of I have had a while, but the bulk of them I've, have been aged by Fuller's on my behalf, so to speak. Um, I think probably the oldest ones I've now got are the Harvestoon. The old Oladu, Oladu. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, I've got the ones which have been in the 12, 16 and 18 year old barrels. Yeah. Because I'm quite a big fan of the Highland Park whiskey anyway. So I think they're probably some of the ones that I've been aging personally the longest. Um, but yeah, I've got quite an extensive range. Some of them I'm not deliberately aging. I just haven't got around to them. They're just, just there. They're just there. I did find a bottle of um, accidentally aged... Suffolk Springer. Oh, what the Green Green King, and well, I don't know. It's still there. <laughs> so, uh, so it went from accidentally aged to being purposely aged. It's it's kind of now hiding in the back of my cellar. <laughs> it's at least eighteen months past its best before. Right. So, what you need is for someone to provide you with a recipe to use that now, don't you? Well, either that, or I'm just going to bring it on the show one time for shits and giggles. Oh, to share. Yeah. Oh, cheers. Thank yeah, you. yeah. You can, you can, you can enjoy that. Pain I can share with me. the love as yeah. well. Brilliant. Yeah. Thank you. Uh, yeah. So, thank you very much for that, Sean. I'm hope you are enjoying the uh, trek across the beer o'clock show world. There are some fascinating and highly amusing episodes buried in there as well yeah he's still a long way to go though. he has got a long way to go it's, it's a commitment he's made yeah yeah he has. it really now, is and now that he's started I'm, I'm assuming he's going to be a completist as well you've got to finish it yeah no, no started yeah uh, and the other question we had this week was also from Sean so <laughs> so, so Sean's question of the week what happened yeah. to Paul's question of the week well this is this, apparently it's Sean's question of the week now uh, by coincidence, I was also sorting my stash this afternoon. I thought I had quite a few beers myself until I saw this picture. How big is your stash? Hashtag opinions. For the record, mine is 96 bottles and cans, although about one third of that are my own homebrew. What picture was it? Um, I think, I don't know actually. I don't remember what picture it was. Which is 
Mm. That's the only thing. I mean, I, I don't know. I haven't got a comparison point. I mean, I've got more than 96 in Dave's beer cupboard. But the only person who knows what's in Dave's beer cupboard is Dave the Bulldog. Okay. Because he pops in there every now and again, has a little inspection, comes back out again. Fair enough. So, uh, no, I've got no idea how many's in there, but it's, it's definitely more than 96. Uh, see, I've only got 28 in, in my cellar because I've been actively drinking yeah and you're fairly confident about it because you moved recently as well aren't yeah you? yeah um so, so yeah i've been working through my set 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 of beers although i do also have the aforementioned range of fuller's vintage from 2012 onwards yeah. which we'll be featuring on a show yes at, at, at some point yeah details are a long way off for that show oh abs- absolutely yeah long but, way off yeah that show. But i've only got 28 yeah i mean but, uh, it's, it's not a deliberate stashing in places it's just happened sometimes I've I've just got less less precious about mine recently I've just started being you know what I'm just going to enjoy it I'm just going to drink it and enjoy it yeah whereas I actually purposely when the kitchen got built purposely created a space for it yeah there there are there are a couple that I am purposely ageing so I've got um, a bottle of um, Guinness's Foreign Export Stout cool gonna leave that See, oh, I've still see, got one of their bottles happens. of 1798. Yeah, I've got, I've got one of those. I've got one of those, and I think that's going to get better. Somewhere. Somewhere I've got one of those. Because we had a... <clears throat> I took one to Bottle Share. Yeah. And we were a little bit... Uh, we had one with men behaving badly, and it had much improved. So I'm hoping when I open it again, it's going to be good. Yeah. Uh, and the other one that I'm ageing is I am purposely ageing the Tint Meadow. Oh, I've got one of those aging as well. As well. Um, now, I'm assuming, unlike men behaving badly, you're not aging these beers in the loft. No, they're being aged in the cellar. So, a dark cupboard you never go into. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Basically, the cupboard under the sink. Yeah. But that's, it's, it's essentially. I'm going to venture that's yeah. better than, than the loft. Yes, I, I imagine so. <laughs> Very much so, yeah. Um, Is that it? I, th- I think that's it. No, there must be loads more to get made. No, Thank- no. Thankfully. No, that's it. Um... Final thoughts on this Lagunitas Waldo's special round. Well, it's a great beer to finish off on, and it's it is a mm. it's poles apart from the three unbarred beers, and that's not to do the unbarred beers any disservice at all. The the Lagunitas and the Waldo's is more, more my kind of beer, but this is a big beer. It's it's huge. I mean, it's eleven point seven percent, and it hides none of it. No, it's 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 all there in your face. Yeah, it's it's dank, it's oh, it, it's piney, it's it's resinous to the max. Everything's referenced. You can almost put the word dank before every part you're going to say after that. Yeah. Now, just a little bit of history uh, about this beer. I think it's only fair to do yep. this, this justice. So, so we were sent this uh, by Lagunitas, So we are very grateful to to them for this. And uh, along with this came a comic. Yeah. As, uh, as well, like a comic book, which was called the Waldo Special. Which looks, uh, it's almost got like the same sort of thing as if it was like coming out of Scooby-Doo or yes, something. Yeah, absolutely. So I thought I'd have a read through the comic and apparently it tells the history of how the beer came about. Came about. Yeah, so, you know, you, you had, is it, they class themselves as the Waldos is because they sat so, on the wall? It is, yeah. So, so it's, it's a group of a, a group of teenagers in America. Um, used to sit on a wall, so they were known as the Waldos. Uh, were once given um, a, a secret treasure map that, that apparently led its way to a field full of weed, 
and, and, and that was their goal to find this field of wheat. 1971, what else would you be, would you be doing? Um, so they arranged to meet at 4.20, which was after school and after football practice. Uh, that's American football yep. practice. Um, to then go off in search of the, the, the said field of, of weed. Um, and this story became essentially folklore in, in terms of the, the, the 4.20 and that was their meeting time and then they went off and they tried and find it. They never did find the said field. Um, but the, the the legend of 420 became bigger it than... It became a thing, didn't it? It became a thing in itself. So almost, I suppose, their version of an urban urban myth. Yeah. Um, to the point where when um, Lagunitas set up base in Petaluma, California. Yeah, I think that's how you say it. Yeah. Um, they took on board this story... Of, of 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 the field of of weed, and they invited the Waldos, so so the original members of of that wall sitting gang to the brewery to to, to brew a beer. Um, which ever since they've done it in twenty eleven, was then um, released on the fourth of eight. No, no, not fourth April. The twentieth of April every year. So hence four twenty. Which again is their way you know 420 is their way of doing the dates as well yeah. isn't it so it's the other yeah. way around I mean hops are part of the family from weed anyway aren't they yes and, and the comic does go into the history of how those two parts of the family split yeah at, so at hops are the closest living relative to cannabis so you know there is there is a, a fairly natural link in there and I mean I'm not I'm not one to have dabbled in, in the past but I do understand that I think dankness can be part of the aroma as well. Yeah. Um, and this beer is full of it. You can understand that this was part of their influence. You can understand how it came about. Absolutely. It, um, it is dank to the max. It is dank to the max. And you know what? I'm loving it. And one final thing about it. The bottle cap. So it's purple. Which apparently is limited edition. This is the only beer that Lagunitas put a purple cap on. Okay, cool. Because you can only get it once a year. Oh, so is there a way of saying so it's, it's a seasonal one-off? It, it's a bit of a collector's item, is is the purple Lagunitas cap. I, I reckon people probably have collected those over the years then. Yeah. Hopefully the Waldos have. You would think. If no you, one else. You would think that they would have collected I their want own to know that they've got it. caps after when they get When they get their case of 24 cents them. Yeah. I think we're pretty much going to retire on this beer yeah. tonight, aren't we? Um... As always, if you want to get involved in anything to do with the show, use the hashtag opinions. We will find you and we will slot you into the appropriate section of the show. Exactly. So what's coming up next, Steve? Um, next time, I'm quite excited about the next show that, that, that we've got coming up. So this is one that's been in the making for a while. Um, we're going to be talking about art, artwork and beer and, and, and how it all links together. So there's so. a few different strands we'll be putting into this with our visits to the Tate, our chats with Andrew, and are Pre you... Previous polls we've yeah. done as, as well about how important artwork is these days, suggestions from listeners in terms of which breweries are doing artwork well, but be, being us... We can't just do this here, can we? No, no. So, so we needed to do it with somebody that's absolutely embedded in the world of art so what you're saying is somebody knows stuff someone who knows stuff about art so like an Steve, artist we're going on location 
We are. We're Where going. We're going to Beavertown, and um, we're going to be joined by Nick Dwyer, who is their official, I think, creative director. I think that's actually his title, not not as opposed to our creative. Title, oh, so I mean, we're going to cease and desist. Director. <laughs> um, yeah, Nick's Nick's going to join us for a show. And, cool. And, and talk about um, obviously everything that he's created with Beavertown. Which is um, quite a substantial body of work anyway. It isn't it just? And, and we are really looking forward to that. Yeah. So as always, we would love questions from our listeners to, to, to Nick. So if, if you've got any questions that you'd like us to ask Nick, um, put them on Twitter, DM them to us, use the hashtag. Yeah, the more, the more questions, the better. We, we will host it and we'll ask your questions for yeah. you. Um, I'm, I'm really looking forward to chatting with Nick. It's, it's, actually. it's going to be a good way to spend a Monday night in a couple of weeks, Dave. Absolutely. And on that note, I, I think we should probably um, carry on drinking. Sit this. in a dark room and drink our exceptionally dank. All those. Cheers. <laughs>